everyone and welcome back to the long play club for metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots we are back for part two act two solid sun i'm your host christian buckley codename panther joined by omar nakvi codename jaguar hey what's up oh not much you are you I, i'm doing all right but I, i'm concerned you're you, you look like you're in a middle east tm right now with that background from act one oh yeah, I'm actually in Rhode Island after the nukes dropped this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so I'm doing my best. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hopefully you can stay through the entire call. But Let's hope. Uh, also joining us, Codename Pigeon, <laughs> Jack Martin. <laughs> Pigeon Squad. How's it going? Good to be here. Very good, very good. Uh, rounding at the Long Play Club as well, Codename Scorpion, Kevin Diaz. Greetings, greetings. I, I Omar always has this enormous coffee cup right have we ever asked him what is in that coffee cup like for all we know that could be whiskey you know are we aware do you have an answer uh i mean do you want to hear it you won't like the answer really we won't like it i don't know you either leave it to your imagination or you get this answer now i know what omar drinks i kind of want to know but you know what? Omar. Yeah, all right. I know, I know what Omar yeah. drinks, but yeah, I'll, probably knows. Uh, it's, yeah. he's a he's a tea drinker, right? Yeah, yeah. I drink tea. Oh. I is it like a times. is it like a hot toddy type deal? Like oh what? <laughs> you know hot toddies? <laughs> they put uh, it's uh, tea and whiskey, I think. Or tea no, and it's a perfectly normal cup of tea, good sir. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little suspicious. I don't know. I don't know. Now, what's going on in there? You got certainly not saying. sleepy time. You can't be can't be drinking sleepy time right now. No, it's a, it's a cup of Earl Grey, of course. There you mm. go. A professional tea for yeah. a professional man yeah. and a professional podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, very well, very well. Uh, also, if we're if we're just complimenting Omar, the Fortnite hoodie, excellent. Fire. Fire. I was waiting for someone Fire to mention hoodie. it. You guys have left me hanging. <laughs> Thank fire you. hoodie. It's fire funny. hoodie. Appreciate it. Um, I definitely like uh, it. I don't, I don't know Omar that well, so I don't know if it is ironic or if it's completely <laughs> there. But I appreciate it. Cool. Now, Thank you. Uh, we we will get into Guns of the Patriots very quickly, but I I will say this. I because Kevin was talking about uh, Solid Snake Funko Pops before we were recording. I feel like Metal Gear doesn't have a ton of relevant merch like i know fan gamer does stuff they have like these really extra hoodies that like they're 50 bucks and it's like it's a cool one because it says metal gear solid like the font from the first one but then like on the sides it has like nuclear hazard stuff on like the sleeves it's like ah that's a, that's a bit much you know like i don't know but i don't know anybody have cool metal gear merch i got a ton i yeah. got uh uniqlo would put out a collection every time for a game release up until uh, five, and uh, I got a bunch of Metal Gear Rising shirts. I used to wear those at school like all the time, Christian. Oh, cool. And uh, there's a, uh, I have a really nice Snake Eater shirt. I have, you know, the company Insert Coin. Yes. Yes. Maybe maybe I just come next podcast into a fashion show, but I got some real nice, uh, Fox Sound shirts as well. So that's really. I think nice. I remember the Fox Ooh. Sound shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I did consider a bandana at one point for this show, but we'll see what happens. We got a couple games left. So, last week we left off um, with the conclusion of Act One. Liquid 
is doing some stuff. Uh, Naomi is here. We didn't really talk about Naomi at the end of last week. Um, and I, because of an editing flub, Kevin, we didn't get to hear all your thoughts towards the end, but like very quickly, the take on liquid Kevin seeing him here. Yeah. Uh, oh man. So that means that the confusion I had of like, um, wait, what was it last week? I thought that, Oh, right. Right. I thought that, I thought that was, I did not remember that I was looking at Ocelot's body. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Right. So liquid Ocelot. Um, I think I, well, I mean, I am positive on the fact that he's here. Um, I definitely like it a lot. I think that, um, you know, like I, I said last week, I think throughout the recording, but I'll just reiterate like one more time. Like, this is what I wanted after Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this is what I was looking for, you know? Um, and uh, we're we're definitely getting that. We're getting a lot of payoffs here. A lot, a lot of payoffs in this act as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I thought Act 1 was a great intro to the game, for sure. Um, and I think Act 2 is better than the first act, for sure. In like a lot of different ways. Yeah. Very nice. Well, why don't we get into Act Two? So out the gate, we get another. We got we get our first mission briefing, and we get uh, another. What I'm convinced still is an MP4 of somebody actually cracking eggs in a pan, uh, because you see the eggs in the pan, they look great. You see those eggs on Anakin's desk, they look like shit. So, well, there's a reason for that. Yes, there is. But but I, you're right though. I think. No, that's totally live action footage. I never noticed it, but yeah, that is. Those are two very human hands. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, they so, look real good. Those eggs. Yeah, I was, so uh, I prefer them a little scrambled. You know, Sam. For you know, I'm a very, I'm a very simple gentleman. You know, like I don't want you know no no sunny side up over medium. Nah, people get really picky about eggs. No, nah, no, nah, just scrambling them up. You good. You're getting picky about the eggs. Picky about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what? requires more work. Yeah. What? You know nah, so because, is? You crack no, because no, no, because exactly. there's like over easy, over medium, over hard. Like people get really picky about how they do their eggs. Like, no, I like the easiest route possible. The, literally, Scramble. the easiest route is cracking and not doing a thing. But okay, <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. So fair. we see who was cracking these eggs the first time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, no real answer on why this individual said Solidus before. We don't really get a follow-up on that. But it is revealed that the egg cracker is a child. And this child, Kevin, looks slightly familiar. And as this child is, you know, cooking eggs on this airplane, they walk into a room where... Snake's passed out because of the issues at the end of Act 1, and Otacon is monitoring him. But on her way there, on the wall, did you notice the picture? I'm sure you did, because they make it a point. But did you notice the picture on the wall? Shoot, I'm forgetting. Oh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, no, I'm forgetting what the picture was, but... Do you know who the child is, though, then? I have... I think I know that... I think I know. I is 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 she... Sunny, right? Yeah, is she funny. the daughter of, um, oh my god, of uh, Jack's Jack's kid, um, Rosemary? Like, is is Sunny the daughter of Rosemary? Is that 
or or is it the no it's not it's not it's the other chick that we fought in the first episode of mgs2 yeah yeah it's her god damn it yeah olga's kid right okay mm -hmm. yeah i knew it was the the baby of the pregnant that's very obvious but like the baby of the pregnant woman at some point in Miller's. yeah okay right olga's kid okay yes gotcha so, uh gotcha. You know, she runs up, Jack. She's saying Uncle Hal. You know, there's the picture of Olga. She's wearing, like, her little rainbow socks that I feel like Olga also had something like that. Like, maybe just striped stuff. I forget. But what do you... Th what's in your head about the way these two uh, maybe least qualified parents in the world are raising this child? What's it like seeing the scene play out in the briefing for you? Um, I... Oh, sorry. No, no, Jack, please. Sorry, I thought I, I thought Christian would just direct it at me. My bad. Um, I like how we get the sense that like all this happened off screen. Obviously, we haven't seen it. Mm. Um, it's also hilarious, like what you're hinting at that Snake and Otacon have to be the the fathers of this child. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's giving me like I haven't seen these this film, but you know, there's that thing with Tom Selleck being a dad was the other like. Two men, three men and a baby. Is that what it is? That movie. I think so. Yeah, it's just it, it's an interesting combination, you know. And like we we learn later this episode about uh, Ryden's involvement, right? Because we know that kind of the last mission at the end of uh, Sons of Liberty was um, Ryden was like, "Hey, so the Patriots still have Olga's kid." snake look into that please perhaps because uh, i gotta figure out my own life we'll get to riding later but uh omar seeing the briefing play out seeing sunny in this world being this like little protege of otacon kind of wh what do you think of her involvement in the team because she's a vital member apparently i'm a i'm a big fan of sunny i think she's so funny yeah. or um like she's very nervous around you know this legendary assassin yeah <laughs> and i was I think I thoroughly died when um, there's that uh, encounter with Snake, and he's denying her shitty eggs. Right? They look terrible. Yeah. Uh, they are way over uh, hard. I don't know what egg uh, names are, but uh, bad eggs. And Snake denies it by going, "I need to watch my caloric intake." Yeah. And she goes, "You you need you need to watch your nicotine intake." and <laughs> yeah it was truly a tremendous moment yeah. she's the best character in the series i big fan big fan no like i i love that sunny serves snake a cigarette with the eggs <laughs> yeah. and it's like yes <laughs> Very thoughtful. Yeah. yeah and then like i think um what was it like like snake is like oh man like sunny doesn't know how to cook eggs that were like you should teach her to um Otacon and I'm like he's like do you really think I know how to cook eggs like and it's like <laughs> there's so much chaos here that it's like hey like, like she's literally upstairs stove on little kid could easily get hurt yeah very very funny mm -hmm. very funny yeah it, it's really cool seeing them interact with the small children a child <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah like... yeah I really I love that entire dynamic because it's so unexpected especially right after where we left off right of like a snake. <laughs> Like, is that fox died that's getting him like this? Like, is he okay? And then all of a sudden, it's just like, we see this little kid. He's like, clearly, like, <laughs> she's acting like, 
she's significantly older, I guess, you know, she, she, but she's still a child because, like, she is raised by these people who don't know how to raise children. Um, but I, I also think it's great that, like, she's the one who's able to decode Naomi's message and stuff like that, and she was, like, going off on this whole thing about, like, 4D audio. <laughs> it's like, love Sunny. She's great. Yeah. But, 4, 4D Soliton radar information or whatever, like. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so in this briefing, we get a bit more from, you know, this introduction to this core group. Uh, I believe the Nomad is the name of the plane that they are circling the globe on as their base of operations. And Who's flying this thing? Autopilot. AIs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Snake and Otacon sort of hash out what the, the next steps are for them. We get a bit of insight into what's going on with Naomi. Uh, we could check in with Carl Campbell again, who's in this, like, <laughs> real nice mansion being served steak dinner or something by this woman who Meryl clearly doesn't like. But, um, Kevin, seeing them play out the mission briefing, right, like something we would typically see through maybe MGS1, the way that intro cutscene pre-menu to start the game goes, where Snake's exiting the submarine colonel's narrating everything and even in mgs2 we do have like the some of the beefier codec calls midway through the game to like next objective this is it yeah having this more episodic approach to what's going on in terms of chunking out the story and levels are you into it because i know it's a it's a decently length cutscene, but it, it does a lot of you know character building and teeing up the mission so are you into that more than other games attempts at doing that oh yeah yeah like i i was like very vocal about like oh man i don't know i've heard like mgs4 has super long cutscenes whatever and like i think i just wasn't expecting that no like you know we're on the ps3 they're gonna do cutscenes a little bit differently in this game like that was just something that like i just didn't know when i thought of cutscene in uh in one of these games, I was thinking like the long expedition dumps of like MGS one and two, where like you know seventy five percent of it is like the codec, and then a little bit of it is like sometimes they'll flash them images at you and stuff like that, like almost like PowerPoint s type of looking dynamic, and like seeing what we have here in this game and its cutscenes, it's very much more of like a modern taste, and like I'm loving it. I'm I'm I, I'm loving it. Like the, the my I was most impressed, I think, by um, this is jumping like a little bit ahead, but it's when Snake is sneaking up to Naomi in that like building that she's at, um, and the way the camera like is like a hand cam, like shaky cam, as Snake is like drawing his gun and like checking all the cores and everything, like the way that is shot in this game just adds so much tension and like you. Like with the camera shake and movement, like it feels very tense as Snake is tensely trying to find her, you know? Like like it's it's very, very well done. Like I think I think the cutscenes in this game are, are really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know. So when we get to that hour and a half one, like mm-hmm. likely gonna enjoy it. Nice. We'll see. I don't know when when is do we know which act it's in? I think it's towards the end. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but gotcha. uh 
Omar, I know uh, we, we've checked in with every game so far. Big fan of the codec. Uh, we, do, we do still get codec stuff, but uh, the mission briefing thing, the episodic nature, I feel like, of MGS4, maybe it's a sign of things to come, but uh, how are you feeling with uh, seeing the game being broken up and, um, I guess, dished out this way so far for story and objectives? No, I like it. It's fun. I feel like a lot of it is to, like, they're trying to keep players engaged during like these long dumps and so you get all these fun buttons to press mm -hmm. so it's like uh snake and Nauticon are talking about something and then i'm just i don't know i guess i'm looking at sunny cook eggs as well and controlling the mark ii mm -hmm. it's uh it's weird but uh i think it works nice. i don't know how'd you feel about it I, I liked it yeah i honestly i went i think it's cool like, they give you the menu of like different uh security cams and different stuff like that to check it on the nomad but i went full screen uh, pretty immediately just because i really like all these characters and i really like the direction that we've got with this game so far for the performances and uh the way stories dished out so like i just wanted to soak it in and just let it play out because i'm really honestly i feel like i'm watching a lot more than playing which i'm completely fine with but it's definitely getting me in more of a mood of like i'm consuming a tv show kind of which i kind of like but um definitely less of a, a drag compared to some of the longer cutscenes in like three i think but um jack for the lore and setup we get here with colonel that woman uh how did you feel with the way that we tee up act two because we get our objective, you know, Naomi's out here doing something. We learn a bit about what she's been up to since MGS1 and um, Snake's sort of reaction to all of that. Like, do you feel like we're on a good trajectory to see what's up with Snake and Naomi later this episode? Well, like, to your point about, like, how this is broken up into acts, mm -hmm. I think the thing I really liked about this act was how it f deviated from the Metal Gear formula i think in the best possible way where it's not just a singular location anymore which was never bad but i like this idea of mgs adopting the uncharted or sort of indiana jones globe trotting adventure and i really appreciated that about about this act where it's this game's not just all in the middle east trademark and it's not just all in south america trademark right like we're we're going around to different places and um, I think the action of this game of it is at the end of the day it is sort of just hallway gameplay but um, I think that some of the things that you can do in this act in particular um, makes each environment super interesting so I liked how it's it this wasn't just in the same location we're, we're going around to different places and I think that's cool for sure um, a couple little story beats that happen here before we dive into the actual act 2 that I want to just throw out there and if anybody wants to comment on feel free um, I completely forgot who the woman was. I don't know if the returning players also forgot, but I completely forgot that was her. I just saw this girl, like, serving up dinner, and I was like, all right, yeah, I get why Meryl doesn't like her. You know, it feels a little weird, but... Yeah, that was a, sh a shock later. Meryl's the player dude from Metal Gear Solid. That's what it is. She's mad about Rose. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. If that's true, but yeah, that that whole dynamic is weird, right? Like uh, Colonel Campbell with this thirty-year-old woman. Uh, a 
if you told me that, I would have thought you guys were like joking with me. You know, <laughs> like no, like like there's there's no shot. Colonel Mary's Rosemary. Yeah. Like nah, no yeah. shot. And it's like damn, they they did the thing. You know, hey, I mean, you know, two consenting adults. Hey, it is what it is. But yeah, that age gap, that age gap, you know. Kind of but he's crazy. Yeah, he's so slimy about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's what? there's a really gross line between like Snake is talking to him on Kodak and he's like, "She's young enough to be your daughter," and he's like, "Yeah, m- lucky me, huh?" Yeah, like, oh, I was like, "Oh, dude, ew!" Yeah. Like, they're Colonel, killing no. the Colonel, man. It's yeah. unfortunate. Like, keep lying to me about like I don't know, you know, the mission I'm on, not like mm-hmm. this nasty shit. Yeah, ew, yeah. man. Um, so the other things we pull from this is that we know Liquid wants the Sons of the Patriots to control the uh, nanomachine soldiers, and Naomi in her little cam, come save me thing, is saying that the, the there's different generations of nanomachines, Snake has first gen, and Fox Eye was a byproduct of that experimentation of first gen nanomachines. So nanomachines have been in the background of this saga since the beginning you know we definitely i think we in the first hour of mgs1 they name drop nanomachines i'm pretty sure so yeah it's been looming but here it's definitely coming to a head and we also speaking to mgs1 get a little check-in mei ling out in hawaii doing some stuff indeed indeed yeah there was something i wanted to bring up during metal gear solid 2 but I didn't know if I should because this moment happens. But like Mei Ling is in Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, if you just call Otacon too much mm-hmm. uh, on the tanker as Snake, eventually Mei Ling just picks up and is just does a joke. That's awesome. Whoa. I didn't know that. But yeah. Uh, that's cool. Damn. So wait, is that the. Because they, they said that she was on a decommissioned ship to get like the navy soldiers equipped to dealing with the ship was the ship she was on like one of the tankers is that what's implied there or is it just like a different like she just calls you for fun i think it's just it's just a weird joke okay but yeah um interesting i think mm-hmm. you go ahead Kevin. the well it was like separate from what you were talking about so it don't face your point by all means well and we're talking about the mailing interaction i think uh I think there's also a bit of slime here too from Otacon going. She always likes older men, and then Snake going, <laughs> maybe I should get on that boat or something. I don't know. Like yeah. It's, yeah. It's in a way, it's kind of funny to see Snake is still horny for Mei Ling all these years later, but also very much. Uh, no. <laughs> does it make it worse because now he's an old man? It does. Make uh, it, worse. Like, it was always bad though. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, but before now that it yeah in MGS one no, it was definitely right. like. That old snake, like everything. Yeah, like playful. hot shot. It yeah. was very weird, still, but like it was still very playful. But now it's just like this old man is like, oh yeah, I'd love to get over there. Well, th- that's why I didn't. I thought maybe the old man now snake is almost joking about how he used to be in that one scene. Okay, but no, also it could just be he's a very nasty old man, like old men are. Don't trust them. Yeah, because there's <laughs> another instance of old snake, old man pervert thing later on that uh we can talk about when we get there, but. Sure. Act two, Solid Sun. In our briefing, we learned that Liquid is trying to go off against the Patriots. He is basically acting as a new Big Boss because Big Boss apparently also hates the Patriots. And Liquid is taking on, you know, the the legacy of Big Boss, of his father, of uh, kind of not really what um, 
what Ocelot wanted to do because Ocelot was with the Patriots. But that's something that they really set up, you know, when Colonel's giving Snake that uh, old drop as we're sneaking close to the base that Naomi's at. But I want to ask all of you, does it seem like Snake should also be aligned with Liquid? Because does Snake want to keep up this Patriot's uh, grasp on everything? Because it seems like the way that they paint that, at least in MGS2, seems like the Patriots having control over everything is not great. And by the end, we're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't disturb the peace. But it does seem like now, seeing all of the war that's broken out because of the Patriots maintaining that control... Like, Snake isn't glad that there's constantly war. Like, he's not happy that there's war, you know? I don't know. I think, I think he thinks that this is still better than Liquid controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. But you're kind of, you are right. I didn't really consider <laughs> Is Snake an agent of the Patriots here, in a way? I, like, I think Colonel says in, like, the very opening of Act 2 snake and him were talking about it and colonel was like you can't really destroy this system yet because it's so ingrained and it would just destroy more than um just the like it wouldn't just stop the war that's happening like it would be like a complete catastrophe of all things in society so like love it or hate it this has to stay in place in some way or another we just got to get liquid out of the situation yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's interesting also because later we do introduce the uh explanation of that big freeze moment at the end of act one where the soldiers the masquerade that's like keeping them blinded to all the trauma they're bringing on themselves by constant war is taken away so like that's a similar sort of um i guess way of thinking of how colonel's looking at the patriot situation which makes sense and you know i just find it interesting because snake i think the the response that you said jack from colonel i think is brought on by snake questioning something about that so i i it stood out to me of like so yeah whose side is snake like fully on is he just trying to make sure like you know minimize casualties or something but i thought it was interesting so yeah the one thing i want to sidestep um the like 4d like file type thing right Mm -hmm. um those were maps from like shiloh moses right yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. cool as fuck. yeah i was like that is that is really cool so that's really cool um jack let me know what was it like hopping in to act two immediately we see this this sneak in we get this another these two warring factions play to your advantage what's up yeah so like first thought of snake like around in camo around the animals i was like ah mgs3 <laughs> this is a nod clear nod to mgs3 yeah. but um like i guess holistically i love how in act one and in act two you come in and there's two boring factions there's always a pmc and then there's another group and in this case i think it's the rebels versus a pmc backed militia something like that mm-hmm. um or yeah rebels versus the government essentially and I love how you can essentially, you're kind of pigeonholed into choosing a side, but I like how you can aid one side to sort of gain the advantage and make your sneaking a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And instantly I was like, oh, the rebels are held captive. I'm going to take 
all of these government troops out and then rebels stand up take all their guns and then go off to war and like the whole time i'm just following the rebels and just staying back in in the distance and sort of helping them in their fight and then just sort of reaping the benefits of being like oh it's a lot easier to sneak through now so i i think in terms of pure gameplay and like situational gameplay i think this act was really 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 fun and i love just letting the rebels do their thing and then just following up afterwards it's so cool yeah i was just gonna throw in i did the pretty much the same thing i saw them being captive and i was like all right i'll trank the dudes keep in watch they got up they ran off and that was just a really cool way to start off the mission for sure because it did give me an opportunity to just kind of book it down those first couple hallways uh through the environment but um kevin i know you have a point but i also want to hear what you think of this because this is early ps3 right Mm-hmm. And that idea of manipulating the AI to play in your favor, I think we saw a couple games attempt that that generation with like, I know Far Cry was pretty big on that, where it's like, hey, throw in the bait and the animals can just wreck shop on a an outpost and then it kind of clears the outpost for you. But like, this, again, was an early PS3 game. So the idea of, yes, it's self-contained, but like, siding with an ai to sort of make it easier for you or choosing not to and just making it harder on yourself uh how was it seeing that in a game that is like this old yeah i i was really impressed by it i was i was really impressed like even like when you keep looking at the ai like mm-hmm. as they move across the battlefield like how they react to certain things what they do yeah there's some instances where i was like okay like that was like a very basic ai move of like yeah. once you are unseen fully they all kind of like they all kind of walk in a straight line and go back to where they're like intended to be. So like yeah. s- stuff like that, I'd say okay, whatever. But like, um, I just love the aspect of like Snake, like being able to manipulate war itself to its advantage. I know that's like reading deep into it, and like that's like the in-world thing of what he's doing. But the, you know, the same translation, like being able to wield AI in ways to help you gain an advantage, I think, which is super cool. And that was really, really, really neat. Um, on on top of that, it's like, I love that, you know, when, when at least I personally felt like, when we stepped down in this area, you know, I was like, oh, man, a lot of greenery outside. This is going to be like MGS3. Is this, this going to suck, you know? Um, but I just love how diversified it still felt and it wasn't just like a flat plane with like some trees and like two or three guards you know like there was a lot going on here and um the fact that like they still push like hey snake you know this is a sneaking mission you know the fact that like you're told to be stealthy in a war zone and use the war that's happening in the area to your advantage i think is like some of the coolest things i've ever done like i thought it was i thought it worked so well i wish me personally like just just sneaking around this entire like battlefield like i i just thought it was a really cool like dichotomy in that way you know that was super neat i really really enjoyed it like this is what met this is what mgs3 should have been you know like these outside environments like this and yeah okay ps2 limitations but yeah but like this is what it should have been, you know, for sure. Do you guys know of a soldier even more legendary than Solid Snake? He goes by the name of Master Chief. 
Yes. Mm. And yeah. uh, I feel like Halo's bread and butter was that like uh, alien versus alien in fighting. You could watch and participate in. If uh, if you guys want to check out some Halo at some point, it's pretty cool. Um, I am Halo's awesome. Uh, planning on yeah. it, you know. And yeah. it's cool too because recently I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise, right? And like a huge mechanic of that is also getting turf wars to go down. Like you're hunting this giant monster, and it's like, hey, follow me into this other monster's nest. They'll do a decent amount of damage on you, and then I can just finish you off when like they get tired of fighting. Right. So I really like that in games. So seeing that in a Metal Gear, I thought was cool because we haven't really dealt with that so far and like kevin said the set dressing of it of like yeah you are in these open environments but it's a war zone so use that to continue the sneaking i think is much more interesting and engaging and genuinely fun than snake ear because i definitely had that thought too like seeing this jungly area it's like this fucking thing it's just like ah there's these paths okay there's like these different lanes the transition the same way that we did in three of like okay big green area okay get this tunnel okay we get the, the little letterbox thing next area same thing like definitely had those thoughts but i think the the fact that there is just so much other action going on and you have to be avoiding that as well I think made it way more engaging and I had a way better time with that than any environment like this in three. It's like, it was, it was this section where I'm like, damn, like I now really just don't comprehend how anyone could think that MGS three is better than like this game. I know I'm like two eggs in and like, that's very like, come on, Kev, see it through. Maybe it's trash at the end. I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. but this act alone, like, outdid any gameplay segment in MGS3, like, times two. Hands down. Yeah. You know, besides, like, certain fights and all that, and, like, yeah, Lyra scene is the best part of MGS3 and the end boss scene with the flowers. But, like, everything else, this act is better than that. Mm-hmm. For I, sure. I, I feel like... <laughs> I also didn't like Metal Gear Solid 3 that much, but like in terms of like just thinking about the encounter design and that and the way those levels are laid out, I feel like they are bigger and more spacious than what we've seen so far in this one in terms of the hallways. They feel more constricted. Aside from a couple areas like the uh, the mansion area, I, f- I feel like, you know, maybe if Metal Gear Solid 3 had crouch walking, you guys would be talking a little differently. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, probably. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very big like, point. I I totally agree with Omar. Like the environments in three were obviously like much more spacious, but I don't. I think because of the limitations of the PS2, they didn't particularly with the AI. They didn't flesh them out enough that they were interesting enough. Because if you pop into a place in Metal Gear Solid Three and then you just take out your trank and just sort of look around and just snipe some people from far away. You can dispatch them like pretty easily, and there's really not a lot of strategy involved. Um, but I feel like I feel like this game being a PS3 game, like I think I feel like it leverages the power of the uh, PS3 in a lot of great ways. But I think specifically with the AI of just having way more characters on screen than we've ever seen before in a Metal Gear game, and just being able to do anything you want with them, really. Like you can go in and just kill anyone. If you want to kill the rebels and the government in this act, you could totally do that. Or if you want to avoid action altogether, that's also a possibility. And I feel like the tools at your disposal for this are uh, 
more so than in any other game, Metal Gear game, like they're they're just more varied, and I think uh, this act definitely um, shows that pretty well. Yeah, because I, for the majority of this mission, I was stealthing. I didn't really, I don't think I killed anyone. I think I might have killed a couple of frogs towards the end of it, but like, um, I was, I was barely even tranking. Also, I really was using, um, the opportunities brought on by these like little faction wars to just sneak and i i think omar you're definitely right i think the the level layouts of stuff in three is it's more open it's like if they're it's probably hits what they're going for better but i do think that because there is more action here it makes what i love about metal gear which is the stealth feel more rewarding than it ever did in three because in 3, I was very much like what Jack said. It was either, like, pop, 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 or I could just, like, kind of walk through when I saw Hole in their little patrol area, and then just, I was fine. But Do you feel like the Octocamo stuff is, like, trivializing it, though? Because it's, like, it's really fun, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels less, like, espionage than, or, than I guess, the other ones did to me. Like, it, I... It... No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, yeah, it feels great, but it's, like, a different kind of stealth, I guess. I use the camo stuff as kind of, like, another, like, strategy type of way, um, where, like, there's sometimes that, like, I won't blend into what I'm up against. um, And I just, I use it kind of sparingly. Like, I find myself, I think it automatically does it when you're crouch, when you're you're prone Mm -hmm. and you're moving. I think it automatically does it. Um, I also like how like it grows like roots and stuff like that. If you're like in grass, like it makes it look like really real, like a real piece of the environment. That's super cool. It um, seems like it actually scans yeah. the texture you're on. Yeah, and it, and, it, and, it, and it like texturizes it too. Like it's it's yeah. super convincing. Yeah, for sure. I actually got caught. I was uh, up against like a up against like a rock face, and this enemy jumped down and he walked and he like eyeballed me for a little bit and then walked up slowly kept staring at me he paused for a little bit and i was like oh man is he gonna walk away i don't know and he kicked me and then it was all over yeah Damn. and we just went into full-on like alert stats and all that um but yeah i just use it more like strategically in like certain ways you know i don't really like depend on it that much but it's 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 a cool mechanic for sure i like it a lot yeah for the sack specifically i the only time i really relied on it was if i was you know getting to an area where there's grass overgrowth so i could just like scope out the the path i'd be taking next as there was more war going on um but yeah i really didn't use it frequently outside of taking a pause and like surveying what's next for me to do um because in act one at least there were instances where i tried to rely on it pretty heavily and it was not convincing enough in a few occasions and uh because of that, I've, I'm like, okay, I'll use it as a safety, as a pause thing, or if I'm really screwed and I just got to throw a Hail Mary out there because who knows if it's going to work. But, yeah, I I can see where it would be trivialized, where it's less of a thing you have to think about. Just more like, okay, I, I'm in a, a wooded area, so should I use the leaf camo or should I use the forest camo or something like that? Like taking that aspect out of it yeah i do think it makes it easier for sure but i think that just the idea of hey there's an option here 
for me at least uh knowing and thinking of it as a tool it's it wasn't as trivialized i think as it could have been maybe sure yeah um i really loved the camo system in mgs3 and i like the idea of finding camo too and i feel like it the game sort of made you or it sort of rewarded you for exploring um in that regard but i like how this sort of takes the going into the menu and seeing which camo is best and then swapping it in and then you know getting back into the game it, it takes that out of it which it honestly just sort of speeds up the process and the camo system in mgs3 just sort of tells you what's best anyway so there's not too much strategy involved because it whichever the higher number is sort of um you know obviously is the better one so uh having an automatic system i feel i feel just sort of speeds that process up and I really like how in this act in particular, even if you are using the camo, you can still get hit in the action because I, I'd be like lying on the ground just sort of watching everyone fight each other and stray bullets would hit me so often. Mm -hmm. And Snake would just like, you have to, you know, flinch it off without giving away his position, which I think was really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it just adds to, I don't know. I just think it just adds so much to like the actual environment and what's going on and that like, yeah, no, like, yeah, there's a word going on. Just because you're Campbell with a hidden, like, doesn't mean you're saved necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's there's some real combat going on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. damn. Yeah. I, you, I, I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. If you guys find any cool camos, you can save them, which I found out. Like, if, you, if you're, like, against, like, a red brick building, and for whatever reason, you, you just want to walk around as a red brick snake, you can save that in the camo menu. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Cool. Do we know there's blackface in MGS4? <laughs> Haven't confirmed yet. <laughs> I have to ask. Oh, no. Do we know? Well, are we aware? Oh, <laughs> Maybe well. after the item you get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, the like. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I forget if we go to the mansion first, because the next note I have written down after um all that stuff is just vamp. Well, oh, no, Vamp is we... front and center. Yeah, yeah, Vamp is like at the way beginning, and also, uh, what's her? In... Oh, uh, laughing, uh, laughing, um, laughing octopus. octopus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should talk about that scene a little bit because I think it's pretty cool. Because the the game the act opens up on a right that little uh, rabbit or whatever in the in the woods, but then a Snake is sneaking up on this base, and then there's a laughing octopus, but her head is solid snakes, mm -hmm. old snake. And uh, her eyes are kind of freaking out, and she's just torturing these PMCs. Or I think they're rebels, right? They're yeah, mostly just uh, attacking these rebels and saying this is the the man who who you should be afraid of or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a freaky scene. Yeah. yeah, like it's so cool. It's yeah. So cool. Yeah. Did it impact anybody's uh, sneaking with any of the factions? Like, because I forget if it was rebels or PMC. I. I... You could tell me it was either, but I, I definitely had an instance where because I was maybe shooting the the PMC, there was one point where I snuck up past a rebel and I didn't realize it, and then they looked at me and there was a little heart emoji that popped out, out of them. So I was like, oh, okay, we're cool. <laughs> so I don't know if it, if uh, that because that's what I thought it was going to do, right? Like because she does say this is the face that's ruining you and all that stuff. Remember this face? And I was like, yeah. oh, so. Am I going to be screwed? 
regardless, but uh, I, I don't think that impacted me. Did it impact anybody? No, no. not at all. Okay. Uh, I really thought it would do the same thing, but nope. <laughs> Fair. Just... That would have been interesting, like, if you're helping helping the rebels in this like definitely gives you an edge to sort of get through the level mm -hmm. um it'd be really interesting if that even if you are helping the rebels if they see you you're kind of screwed because they'll just turn on you but yeah i guess i guess they didn't do that that would i think that would have been a, a cool addition mm -hmm. yeah yeah it would be cool if like it was randomized like hey you know some of you might get you know her talking to the pmcs mm -hmm. and maybe you'll be better off aiding the pmcs versus you know mm -hmm. rebels etc I think that would be randomized, but... Sure. So, the other half of that scene, though, Kevin, is Vamp. What was it like seeing Vamp again? Because the last time we saw Vamp, I'm pretty sure we convinced you that he was dead, Ted. Let's go. Let's go. Prime time gaming here, boys. I was like, oh, man. And to see that bullet wound, mm -hmm. I said, like, oh, man, the guy. Yes. Like, why wasn't MGS3 this? God damn it. <laughs> like, I'm so glad we're here. Uh, I'm loving it. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, a lot hairier of a chest than I remember. Actually, I don't think his chest was exposed at all. I was like, okay, all right, you know. That cell processor, Kev. That's what I'm saying, yo. You, you got to get all those individual hairlines. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh definitely a good surprise. I I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hell yeah, let's go. And it gets better with who, you know, like, oh, my God. No, like, we're not going to jump there yet. We're not going to jump there yet. I want to, but let's just keep it going. Oh, Save, we'll, it, yeah. Save it. I have yeah, two questions right. for you. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Specifically, because we, we rewound back to this opening scene uh, where we see these two characters, antagonists. Um, first, how do you feel about Vamp being back? And secondly... I know you brought up with the end of Act One, the uh, not maybe not loving the psychomantis illusion there, but laughing octopus. Yes, the code names are callbacks to uh, um, Foxhound, but like I feel like the way that laughing octopus exists is pretty different from decoy octopus but i mean i guess there's like the the face thing so like i totally even forgot about these octopus to be real yeah, with no, you i, I thought I, yeah i forgot too because I, 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 I was saying that and i was thinking of raven for some reason and i was like wait no decoy octopus this whole thing was changing their face like that's what laughing octopus is. so yeah how do you feel about this because i know you weren't too hot on the mantis illusion yeah i i mean uh look it's it's okay if you're enjoy I enjoy it too, but I do think this game is very much fan service from like your solid one fans. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of it, and it's fun. Um, I actually uh, really like the the laughing octopus scene right there, just because it's freaky. Yeah. But um, not to jump later, but you know, I think maybe I actually really hate the idea of the Beauty and the Beast in general. I think they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I think I'm with Omar honestly. Um. <laughs> I have a feeling at this point that Metal Gear Solid 1 is the only game that has, like, incredible bosses in it, in this series. Like, yeah. even Metal Gear Solid 2, I, I, like, I'm a big Fat Man guy, let me tell you. <laughs> I love love me a good old Fat Man. But um, the rest of the cast of the villains, even Vamp and um, Fortune, really didn't do it for me all that much. And I don't think we got some 
we didn't really get great boss fights in the same way we did in Metal Gear Solid 1, and um, I'm not convinced, and we'll get to it, I'm not convinced that this game really has all that great uh, boss fights. And the fact, like what Omar is saying, the fact that there are seemingly all references to old Metal Gear 1, Metal Gear Solid 1, maybe even future Metal Gear bosses is just like, okay, <laughs> I guess we're re- retreading water in that regard for the bosses, and I- I'm not sure if I'm all on board for that. I think I'm with the two of you. I kind of hate the Beauty and Beast thing, but like, I'll say conceptually, with them sort of being twists on the Foxhound thing, I I think so far, like you're saying, Jack, every single Metal Gear has been trying to recapture that villain group, where MGS2 it's doing it for a reason, you know, like that. There's a point behind that. MGS3, it was like. Look at these wackos, you know? Aren't they aren't they wild? Aren't they weird? It's like they're not really, but okay. <laughs> like And people say they're the best. Come on. I don't up. understand. People say that, that they're the best group. Wow. Yeah. No, there was a mention I had. Someone really tried to tell me that MGS3's villain group was better than MGS1. And I I just don't understand how. Yeah, Cobra suck, that dude. Cobra suck. I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. No, but where I'm going with this was with like the Cobras, it's like they're they're trying to recapture that, but it's like flopping, you know? Like none of those yeah. people were interesting, even if they were portrayed badly. Like it they were just weren't interesting. It's like you're just a dude that has a like a birthmark or something. Like I don't know, but I do think the idea, because yes, I'm Omar, it's absolutely fan service, but I think the idea of like calling back to that and then throwing a weird, you know, far future Metal Gear tech and science and weird stuff mix on that code name, I think on that level at least it's fun, you know, because they're not trying to say something with this the way they are with Two's bosses threes again there's like well we should do this because that's what the series is about and it kind of suffers for that but here it's like yes they are sort of doing the three thing but at least the way they're framing it i think is more interesting than what three did so i'm cool with it on that front but the way everything else about the beauty and beast thing i hate i really wish they weren't in the game (laughs) so you're into it because of like the uh the code names the, the code names okay I get it. That yeah, the they're good. Yeah, and I, I I like the tech too. And I mean, yeah. at the end of it, not to jump too ahead, but like, look, the fact that Snake gets a piece of tech from Laughing Octopus, yeah. now yeah. it's a Metroid game or something. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It is I cool. hope it, it keeps cool. happening. Yeah. But, like, um, yeah. I I don't think it's enough for me to be like I'm glad they're in the game because I really do not like. I have several notes about that fight later on, but. Yeah. <laughs> I do think if we look back at the series, because like they were going to have to have a unit like this, apparently. So if they're doing it, I like the way they are treating it of like, hey, you remember this? Completely different than what it should be, but it's still tied a little bit. I like that approach to it versus threes like, well, we should do this, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, like, I mean, for me, like, you know, these enemies being like a remix of the first game enemies like i would rather that than mgs3 any day besides the fury fury's great we all we all said that fury's dope but like that's pretty much where the bar stops honestly in terms of like boss fights in in uh mgs3 um yeah like i wasn't 
really too hot really at all about like the process of like them like being all females but like they have such kind of like a negative like twist of them that i don't really think was all that necessary you know like i don't know yeah like like, like that, the trauma porn stuff you're talking yeah. about I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah yeah it's like talk about it now if you want because like, yeah let's do it there's the yeah it's just talk like about uh, the mansion as well but like because th- we get this drop after the mansion but like mm. yeah so we meet up with drebin and he's like oh hey you're brought in the b&b unit huh and like we get a little insight into them where like it's for i think whatever it down um babes traumatized by war that's a quote um yeah. kill, they think killing snake will free them from pain fear and sorrow haha <laughs> um is that the direct quote yep and then <laughs> I even pick up on that yes and then uh snake hound i think is the name of the unit yeah they count they mention octopus raven wolf and mantis if my notes are to, to be believed yeah so like the fr- i do think Again, in concept, I think the framing of, hey, let's call back to Metal Gear Solid 1 here and make it twists on it is cool. The execution, Christ. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, real quick before we get into that stuff, I think we get an explanation of Lale Lule Lo, which I believe Patriots can't say the word Patriots. Is that the, is that the yeah. correct interpretation? I don't think that's that? what was inferred. Yeah. So that, yeah, they anyone can't say Patriots. Like, yeah, because but Snake says Patriots. Yeah, right? so I think it's the people well, who nobody with the nanobots can say Patriots, right? Yeah, or if you got the if you got the Patriot shit in you, mm-hmm. the Patriot nanobots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't say Patriots. But, uh, gotcha. Wait, so like is Lale Lule Lo just like a synonym? Yes. For them saying, yeah. so if you're in the Patriots and you say it's the Lale Lule Lo, that means you're in the Patriots. You can't that's say I'm in the lot. Patriots if you're in the Patriots. Damn, that's so less interesting. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, I see that. Okay, huh? But I mean, like, everyone's in the Patriots, though, right? Because they control everything, and everyone has their stuff. Yes. Right. Yeah. It it sounds to me like the simple explanation is that if you know who the Patriots are and you have the nano machines associated with this, you can't say the word Patriots. Mm-hmm. I I think it's more because Omar, you're right. Like. Pretty much everybody has that. I think it's more of a cover for them of like not everybody knows who the Patriots are, right? But the people that. But do. it's not like we're saying uh, if Drebin could say it or Drebin couldn't. Like it's it's not just proving that he's one of the few members of them, right? Like no, like okay. Meryl says Lale Lule Lo because she can't say Patriots. Like Snake okay. is like, are oh, the Patriots involved? And then Meryl's like, the Lale Lule Lo. No, she would have said Patriots in that situation. Yeah, I don't I think see, she physically can. Yeah. I oh, see. so I see. I see. So that's why everyone's saying this ridiculous thing. Yeah. Because yes. they have to. <laughs> okay. That makes but sense. Then, wh- why did Drebin not say low at the end? Did, because, did you guys catch that? No, because he's he, too cool. Yeah. I think know. what he was doing the, was. The Lule. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what was happening there is what the explanation that Jack is talking about, where Drebin was going through with it to like pull a fast one on Snake, and he's like, ah. I gotcha. Because I think he says the Patriots after that. And Snake's like, why can you get around that? And he's like, I got my ways. Right. So, oh, okay. Okay, and, okay. And then you. he talks about, like, the system and that, like, no one can hack it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that there's the different AIs. And it really is coming back to a lot of MGS2 with GW. Yeah. And not necessarily GW, maybe, but, like, 
that idea that there's an AI that is the core priority of the Patriots, and there are multiple pillars to it, so... Omar, I feel like you might be saying something about this. Oh, I'm thinking, I, I don't know, we have to see how the game goes, but um, I do love Metal Gear Solid 2 a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the the way that game deals with its concepts and leaves you kind of thinking, mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. But then the way this game has gives you answers or contextualizes a lot of those concepts, not as cool. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was definitely thinking this when Drevin was talking about that AI stuff, and there was, like, the multiple cores, and that the SOPs are just part of the greater Patriots plan of the system. I was like, it did feel like it maybe lessened what was going on in MGS2, kind of, because it was like, that seemed like such a huge deal, but in reality, that changed nothing, you know? Like, yeah, them losing that clearly wasn't a big deal, because, you know, maybe GW was meant to be one of these... Maybe there were four pillars, but now there's three. That one controls the soldiers. I don't think we know what the other two control yet, but they all make up the the Patriots' control over the world. I'll be honest, my eyes kind of. Whenever the game goes into PowerPoint mode, I just yeah. lose it. I can't. I can't watch it. Like I'm glazing. My eyes glaze. It's not. It's not a fault of the game, but I just for some reason cannot keep my attention on it. But uh, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it kind of is because yeah. a fault of the game because. There are so many points. That's a really great way of putting it when it goes into PowerPoint mode because it's like cutscene <laughs> and then it cuts and it's like, <laughs> it's literally like Bentley talking to like Sly Cooper and be like, all right, Sly, this is what we got to do this yeah. time. And it's like, oh man, they're going into like exposition heavy. Like, yeah. and it's it's very convoluted. And anytime they, sometimes they go into a PowerPoint within a PowerPoint and it's like, what's happening here? You act, you're trying to explain what you just said and you're making it way more confusing and unnecessarily so. Um, I don't know if that's a translation issue. I don't know if that's just a bizarre plot to begin with and there's no way anyone could explain that to anyone. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I, it's, it, it's very confusing. Like, uh, Jack, you played, the, this is your first Metal Gear game, right? Like, yeah. So... This was my first Metal Gear game, too. And, like, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm as confused by a lot of it as I was back then, even though we just played through three of them. Like, it's <laughs> these concepts are just bizarre. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think it is very, like what you just said, it's very <laughs> conceptual, and it's not not something that you can easily grasp on. And it does require you to, to have played through all the other Metal Gear games. But even still, like what you said, it's like, what, what's happening? They're yeah. they're introducing a lot of new stuff to the, the Metal Gear formula, and it's uh, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, because I'm with you, Jack. I would put that onus on the game of like, yeah, you're not doing a great job with this. Because I, I'm literally, I'm pausing, I'm writing down note after note about stuff that I want to bring up and talk about and ask questions about to all of you. And it's so weird, because in the other Metal Gear games, even in 3... We do get into PowerPoint mode at times. And whenever that happened, it was like, sweet. Let's hear about this weapon. Let's hear about uh, the Gulf War syndrome. Like, any, all these things that they go into PowerPoint mode on in these other games I'm way into. But here, it's like, they're just throwing all these concepts at you. And it's like, okay. And I think the big issue I had with this one was like, the stuff with the AI, like, again, just made me question, like, so what was the resolution of MGS2, really? We just became aware of all of this? Is that what it is now? And what you're saying also, the two of you, about, like, being 
confused still despite playing the three games i i had this thought like i get we do a bit of a time jump right but it does feel like there's some pretty essential leaps that we make in that time jump that aren't really addressed you know because like mgs2 leaves off and we have all those things it's like okay we'll see what happens and then the game opens up not too distant future this is what five years after the end of two in those five years so. suddenly every single place on earth is basically a battleground now like uh the patriots got nano machines and like everybody like and they have this three pillar ai system which seems like it can do exactly what gw was gonna do so like i feel like we made a lot of leaps maybe it is that instance omar like you say before of like kojima didn't want to make another one uh and he was like okay well we jump a few years forward and then you know it was actually all for naught because if they still got their way because they're still in control and this is an inevitability but it to me it did feel like i was questioning those things of like honestly even if it was a movie i could have taken a <laughs> bit of a thing between two and four in the timeline to like make some I, of these things make a little more sense to make a star wars reference uh which we've never done on this show. Uh, <laughs> I think this game probably could have used a Star Wars intro uh, of the the letter yeah. letters coming down because mm. it really does feel like Metal Gear, if Metal Gear Solid Two was the Empire Strikes Back and the Patriots won at the end of that essentially, um, where like Arsenal Gear is in full effect and we see everyone just walking around and accepting what happens. GW has you know taken its effect and has just won and now. Metal Gear Solid 4 is the aftermath of that, and what's it like now living under the system? And this is the explanation of that. I think feel like we had three paragraphs in front of Metal Gear Solid 4 being like, okay, this is the situation, then it would have made a little bit more sense, but I feel like that's where we find ourselves in Metal Gear Solid 4, but probably... I feel like this game shouldn't dive into the minutia of what's happening. I feel like if they kept it at a very broad level... Um, it would it would be a lot easier to sift through but yeah. they really they really want to dive into the the minutia of what's going on and with like ai and stuff it's too much i think that's why i had my question about like so who does snake want to stop besides liquid like should he be on board with that because like the way the patriots made the world the way it is right now and snake in one and two was kind of fighting for this to not be a thing anymore you know like fighting to end wars was sort of his like post credits thing that he was talking about in mgs2 so it's like i do feel like we make some jumps i'm on board with what we're doing but it does like really feel like they made a couple leaps that i'm like okay a little bit of context about something that happened between two and four that made this all happen and made snake feel like he has to be doing this like it does feel like we're making some jumps and i'm questioning more things than i should be because they're diving in deep on these concepts that feel like they've been ingrained this whole series but they're really not yeah i think i think he is trying to give you those details though right but just not in the nicest way like they come as like random tidbits and facts afterwards mm -hmm. like the idea is the idea that after metal gear solid 2 like there's a throwaway line about that list of the patriot names right yeah it was like of course that wasn't real mm -hmm. right yeah. like they said yeah. like we couldn't we couldn't follow through on that and so what did after metal gear solid 2 did did Snake just give up for a while? Did they give up? Is that what happened? It's like Endgame. It's like the yeah. of Endgame. I mean, clearly they went to go find Sonny, you know? 
so like was that right there was that adventure like what and then in the meantime yeah, the patriots were shooting nano machines and everybody on the planet like i don't know yeah and they, they were getting signing from the patriots right like yeah they, so they definitely he's definitely not and, working for them yeah because snake's still a criminal or branded a criminal because he was branded one with mgs2 so clearly that didn't roll over but yeah there there's some progression i think from two to four that makes sense but there's a lot more where i'm like you don't have any other contact like jack i really think you nailed it i think like a setting the tone paragraph or two at the beginning of like because metal gear does that in credits sometimes of like things that happen but like set it up like that like hey they fought their hardest the patriots have a grasp on the globe and that's the whole point of the patriots and they got their way eventually and this is how it is now because at the beginning we just get snake saying like war has changed which is badass but like oh yeah doesn't really paint the picture outside of the fact that things are dire right now like why yeah that that is like what that is supposed to serve as but it is very vague obviously and even if you had played all the metal gear games it's like i don't we're obviously after metal gear solid 2 now i don't know the state of the world and it you don't get you don't really get those answers until like starting now in act two so mm -hmm. it, it yeah it, it's a bit of a slow burn to be like what's happening you know mm -hmm. so and we still don't really know <laughs> i i don't know like i find myself enjoying it oh, <laughs> like, like enjoying it for i don't yeah. know if it's either listen like i don't know if it's either like i'm not understanding it to a point of like i'm just mindlessly enjoying it right but i feel like i am understanding what is going on i think right and, and, and like and at least for for medical assault one two and three like i feel like i'm prepped and know that metal gear is not going to make sense until the end and they're and they're intentionally going to throw shit at me that i hope and the hope is that at the end of it they're gonna you know give me the other puzzle piece and i'm supposed to kind of put it all together later on right so i don't know like, like i'm like i i hear everything that you guys are saying and like i agree but it's like i don't know like i feel like i have been prepped for this like i feel like kojima has like just done all his games like this where it's like yeah okay i'm not going to really understand fully uh until there is like a conclusion and like that's when it all gets wrapped up in a bow it's an ugly bow it's a bug that has some tears and some things that are not pretty about it and things that really don't connect that well but it's a bow <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's that's that that's kind of how i see it you know at least like right now where where we're at and like i'm really enjoying the concepts of like um you know i think it's stuff where uh naomi was talking about how like yeah like these nano machines um they're they're intended to even like control the emotions of soldiers so that like one doesn't like go berserk or whatever or you know one one doesn't like feel the total grief of what they're doing in combat and they're able to just like almost do war like a nine to five job to keep money coming in and, and and keep that industrial complex going like it's it's very fucked up but like i love it like i think it's so cool you know yeah yeah i, I think 
all the stuff MGS4 is doing on that level, like self-contained within MGS4, I'm absolutely on board with. Because I, I do think right. it's an interesting thing to throw out there of like, um, I forget how I wrote it down because it is later when we're getting that like Naomi physical exam. But like, um, it's it's really, and they directly do this, uh, but it, it's it's sort of throwing out another thing of like, how does Kojima feel about gamers <laughs> and like the way that video games and violence are tied together, right? Because they really directly bring that up when they're talking about that later on, Kevin, uh, where they even pull up the menu of, like, the XMB and, like, show you those <laughs> other MGS Metal Gear games. And she's like, what is that them? I was like, oh, Blew that's... me back. Yeah. I, I was like, I cheesy as hell, but I love this. And oh, it's yeah. in the same beat of her saying, you know, the nano machines are there to mask the atrocities and make it a game to them you know and there's act like legit things about that and i feel like that's the first time this game's saying something in its own story and world because everything else i think the holdups i have narratively so far are because and maybe this is because i'm revisiting this story but like four feels like a conclusion to a lot of arcs so the fact that they're like making these shifts of where we left off on some arcs in two without really any explanation makes it a bit more confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm with you. Metal Gear endings typically go off and make everything make sense. But if this game hypothetically in its entirety is supposed to be an ending to some arcs, like why are we throwing a huge wrench in some of these arcs out the gate and not really explaining why they're like that? I think that's the thing that's confusing to me. Um, right yeah yeah i hear you i hear you like like i don't know i'm just going at it and like okay yeah maybe some things don't make sense mm -hmm. i'm assuming that they're gonna make somewhat sense at the end of the game mm -hmm. right like as a first time player like, i'm just assuming that you know um like we'll we'll get explanations to, to certain questions later on whether they be in one sentence and like that's it or whether they're overly explained and maybe even made even more complicated to not really understand it that well right. uh in the end of the day but yeah that's where i'm taking it like i don't know if that's right or wrong i don't know if it's just because i'm playing through this whole series blind like i and i have very little touchstones um but yeah that, that's 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 kind of where i'm at yeah sure. yeah honestly i think i think that is the way to enjoy this one specifically like it, like it's a fun it's a really well executed like romp i think but like i feel like kojima doesn't get metal gear solid 2 and it frustrates me deeply <laughs> like there's can we talk about Raiden yet or should we wait oh, like fucking god uh <laughs> one other thing i want to bring okay Raiden, because uh we we do deal with a, a good amount of stuff before then um I think the interesting thing, this will lead into Raiden though, because we're talking about the way the game is like trying to make a um, some kind of statement, right? And I think this game came out around the time of MW2, and in that area of games, like there was that big conversation of like, you hear the military is using like Xbox controllers to train people to use tanks and stuff like that, and like all of these studies on video games and violence, right? So I, I think Kojima and Kojima Productions with MGS4 making a 
mechanic, which we didn't really talk about so far, but, like, the psych meter, and then introducing Rosemary as, like, your consultant, as, like, a therapist, kind of, to help you deal with the stress of war, and then pairing that with the artificial suppression of, like, actual emotional conflicts and feelings that war bring on through banana machines that's what i'm grasping onto of like what this game is saying the way that mgs1 is saying something mgs2 is saying something so how do you guys feel about uh rosemary's introduction and the psych meter uh mechanically and narratively can i say about your whole point about the video games thing the war like i feel like metal gear solid 2 makes that point so much cooler and better it does yeah with the way that game is structured like yeah with two i think that's an element of it i don't know if that's the main thing right but I think four, it's trying to make it the main thing, at least so far. Oh, um, man, I feel like two definitely makes it the main thing, right? In terms of, like, the 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 whole simulation you go through and the the fabric of, like, what's canon and not canon about being a video game, right? Like, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Isn't... I think part of that, though, maybe for this playthrough, the way I was reading all that was more of the misinformation thing. But... I, I, I feel like of it for sure. With yeah, no, honestly, I think that I feel like the misinformation stuff is this thing is like an element in Metal Gear Solid 2, but people forget about the way that game is like structured mm-hmm. in a way to be like, this is a video game, uh, be careful. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. We'll, we just, what was the question about Rosemary? I'm sorry, just uh, implementing that, uh, as like a mechanic and sort of kind of replacing your stamina from three and the context behind that with the stories they're using of uh like nano machines to suppress soldier trauma and stuff like that i think it's cool but i feel like also maybe it was a bit cynical like from um like doesn't don't they kind of make jokes about like i hear uh, counseling's all the rage right now or something which feels like the same jokes people make about people going into psych majors <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. that uh frustrated me maybe a little bit a little bit upset but uh i don't know Jack, what do you think? I honestly never found it used to call Rosemary in this PlayStation yet. And in a similar way, like that mechanic, like what you said, is sort of the way to replace stamina from MGS3. And I feel like in MGS3, that was largely forgettable. Like you catch a snake every once in a while and you eat it. And in this game, it's kind of the same for me, at least, where, oh, my psych is depleted, I'll eat some noodles or whatever that you know replenish my health and psych so i feel like i feel like in both games they probably could have gone a little bit um a little bit deeper in in those mechanics at least Mm -hmm. kevin what do you think about it yeah i i honestly didn't think too much into it like i i don't know like um i just i just saw it as like a oh okay like sometimes like i think uh snake will do certain actions like less effectively or, or less fluidly or something like that when that psych meter is low i guess and i don't think i've been given a like an example as to what differences really happen when he has a low psych um like i think i called her once just for fun i think but i yeah, I don't. So far, like I haven't really felt like it was that um, crucial to the game. Maybe it will down the line, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, and maybe that could be the difficulty I'm playing on too. Like that could also be a huge factor. Um, 
where I feel like the Sam in the Bar in MGS3 I like barely interacted with or barely even noticed. Um, I think because of that difficulty. So it might be something something like that, but I haven't been really paying that much attention to my psyche at least. Yeah, sure. And uh, I always want to say, I think I'm doing something wrong because I'm always struggling with the psyche and stamina meters. <laughs> like really? my gun is almost always shaking. I don't know. Huh? Really? Uh, yeah, I'm always I always got snake with a shaky gun. Huh. And I forget what difficulty are you on. I'm on normal. I think solid normal. I'm okay. not sure. I'm on naked normal, and I okay. I've definitely like lost a bar or two um, of the stamina. Sorry, the psych meter, but I I'm, haven't found it affecting me in a noticeable way. I am way. literally watching the cutscenes where like someone says something mean to Snake and his stress goes <laughs> up, or his psyche goes down, <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck you! I need yeah. that!" Yeah. Like, I, I think that's funny though. It's 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 hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is funny. Yeah, I I think there was an instance. Uh, I I didn't write it down, but there was a I think during the physical where Naomi was like, "Snake, you're old," and then he just like went down or something. Naomi is such an asshole during that scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> he takes off his shirt, and then he, she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, yeah. What you Gee, thanks. Yeah, like it. Uh, I, I, I'm really having a hard time with this because, like, yo, like it's not his fault. Yeah. Like, why is everyone so mean to him being old? Like, fuck, mm -hmm. man. Like, let the man live. Shit. And he's out here still killing the game. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see anyone else doing anything as you know integral besides uh right in you know what i'm saying like i don't see i don't see colonel out here you know yeah. but everyone wants to crack jokes about my boy snake it's fucked up man like so could, could you imagine going to the doctors and then your doctor just starts crying you're supposed to be a professional god damn right? yeah it's like so, i don't know and honestly i i thought that um damn maybe i read it wrong like i thought that she was like on the verge of tears seeing him shirtless because of, like the cuts or whatever no he's got like um or just like the old body yeah right okay yeah yeah that makes but, more sense. so omar i know you want to talk about Raiden. um so we get an introduction to Raiden over the the comms about halfway through this uh this act but part of just that... like every other time a cyborg ninja gets introduced they randomly call you yeah. um <laughs> no deep throat this time how deep throat. Um, part of the way it's nope. teed up though is in that site counseling uh little 411 that's going on rosemary is revealed to be rosemary that woman we saw earlier surprise i was shocked um i forgot about that and i think this is where we get some insight into Raiden because snake's like what happened to jack and then she's saying that like he was an asshole uh we tried he didn't care about our baby i don't know if she had the baby like i don't think that she says that but um he was distant and everything and he was getting more flashback like he, basically ptsd and he was being an asshole about it and um he disappeared suddenly and then she's like but then roy you know was there to, to save me and, and yeah dude i fucking hate this bright an explanation the shit i feel like the direction of this character after two mm -hmm. after two is like optimistic and beautiful ending yeah like this is what happens right and remembers his memories and goes oh guess i gotta start drinking like yeah I feel like yeah at the end of two is like he remembers it and but he's okay with it it's time to live my life and be a family man and yeah. remember what's important to me but he just loses it yeah I yeah 
Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I just want to throw out. I think there is something to, especially with the way that the series is talking about the effects of the military, right? Like to maybe comment on like, hey, not dealing with that the right way. It's really hard in and of itself, but not dealing with it the right way will get you to be worse than you were before potentially. So like, I think there's something interesting there. I'm with you, Omar, because Ryan might be my favorite character and seeing it's like, oh, now he's back to like, probably worse than when she's like you when you raised your fist at me it's like it is a bummer right but i could see maybe like you know the ptsd got worse and he just wasn't dealing with it the right way and then he just ran off of like that can make sense in character i think but for sure it's another instance of we're making these big leaps after two that like i'd like a little more context on of like make it make a bit more sense naturally but yeah this might be unfair to it, but I feel like this is a case of like Kojima going, you guys don't like Raiden? Why not? And then he makes him a badass cyborg ninja. Like, That's exactly what this is. Yeah. Um, but like that that is definitely part of it. Um, but I feel like we've stumbled across a Luke Skywalker Last Jedi situation where everyone saw that, not everyone, but a lot of people saw that movie and was like, That's not how Luke Skywalker would be. It's like, well, wouldn't it be like it, it's been it's been a long time since the, the last time we saw him and the explanation we get makes sense. And I feel like the explanation we get of wh- where we see Raiden right now after the events of Metal Gear Solid 2 makes sense contextually. Mm-hmm. And I think Raiden is supposed to be a tragic character. And I feel like they they go a long way from um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and now in Metal Gear Solid 4 of explaining, like, yeah, he's he's sort of... That's sort of his character. Like, he, there's always been tragedy baked into his character. And unfortunately, even if we want to see what's good for him, that's not necessarily what's going to happen for him, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I like it. I feel like it makes sense. I'm in the same boat as Jack, where, where it was, like, on stream, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is fucking dope. Like, like this is amazing, you know? And then um, as I kind of, like, sat on it afterwards, like, oh, well, you know, like... Damn, like, you know, I think I think Jack says that, like, oh, like, I'm going to go out and, like, find who I am, like, truly, you know, and, like, go off and, like, make a life for myself. And, uh, you know, like, I don't have to be what I have been mm-hmm. in the past, right? And, and that's like, oh, well, damn, like, that kind of doesn't line up with, like, what you would want out of a hopeful outcome for Raiden, mm-hmm. you know? But... And then it's like, well, okay, yeah, I, it's it's a tragic character, just right. as Jack said, right? Where where it's like, like he had a fucked up, very fucked up childhood, mm-hmm. very fucked up. He was eating gunpowder and like all this BS, like 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 it, it's it's been yeah torment like all the way, and this is just a continuation and like extension of that. Yeah. Where um, the, yeah, like for for me, it's like okay, like that's how I kind of made amends with it in my head, where it's like, hey, well, you know, like n- now, like yeah, it's it's cool as all hell seeing Raiden like spin both geckos using his feet and fling them off into other geckos and do all that crazy stuff. Um, but, but now like, it's also like a lens of like, ah, like there's a bit of sadness there where it's like, yeah. you know, he, this, this wasn't the intent of what he wanted at the end of MGS two. I would like to believe, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. Jack, I think you're right. It does make sense, right? Like I, I think, that's where I was trying to come from too, of like, 
with his backstory with the clear like he has ptsd that was a thing that he like remembered in the middle of two it would make sense for him to like fall down a path that would lead to this i i think where i because listen him being a cyborg ninja dude that's pretty badass like i'm kind of like that it's pretty cool i'm not questioning that at all i do think it is my main issue is what i brought up earlier of like it's just such a stark shocking difference from where we left off and it's it feels like the explanation is an offhand remark from rosemary there of like oh yeah things didn't work out and you know now he's drastically different than he was at the end of two which i i think you can make it make sense and i don't have an issue with the logic we're following here because it does like you said it makes sense i think it's just show don't tell and there's a lot of telling for some of these pretty major differences that being said I think Raiden is awesome in this game, but it's like, it is a leap for sure. Uh, I feel like it's like they have two paths they could go down and yeah, this is one of the paths, but like, I feel like this is the cowardly path. Like it, in a game where, where like so much about trauma porn, I feel like, why does, why does Raiden have to be this as well? Like, Especially with the fact that, like, he gets to remember what he was before at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm -hmm. And now we see him like this. It's almost like he was better when he suppressed his memories. I feel like that message is just weird. And, like, the, the difference between, like, this and, like, the Luke Skywalker thing for me is, like, I, I really like the Luke Skywalker thing because I think it makes him a more interesting character. I don't think this makes him more interesting. I think it just, like, it just... Hey... He's fucking dope now. Like, I don't know. Another. Uh, so go ahead, Jack. So I really, I agree with you to an extent. I really like um, both the situations that Luke and Raiden find themselves in, um, you know, in the years past and where they are now. But with Raiden, I, I don't want to say like, because it's weird to say that, but I, I enjoy that he is, I feel like this game doubles down on the fact that he was never supposed to have a happy ending and Luke, Luke Skywalker sort of like loses his way in a little bit and it sort of makes sense of where we see him in, in episode 8 but with um, Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 4 it's it's just sad to see him like this but it, it just makes complete sense of where we've seen his character and if he goes off to find himself like what was Kevin Kevin was saying and um, I think they also make a reference to that he found Sonny yeah. um, and then like there is a lot like we don't know but finding out that the Patriots are they're the wise men's committee are done. And it's like, I feel like I hate making all these comparisons, but I go fucking do it. It's like where we see Thor at the end of Endgame. It's like, well, his journey is over essentially. And now he has to go off and he's sort of left with like, he can't even destroy the wise men's committee. They're already, you know, destroyed. So he has to go off and sort of, um, do whatever he can to occupy himself. And he's probably left with a lot of his thoughts from his past and not having Rosemary there is, probably difficult as well so uh, i i enjoy it at least omar do you think most of it comes down to the fact that because of how two ends with like literally him taking the dog tags off and being like i don't need to be that like that is the the period at the end of that game do you think that's the biggest problem that you're having with the introduction here well like yeah two's ending like last moments are beautiful like for sure like in terms of like yeah if i got that solid snake speech i'd probably live my life pretty pretty nicely i think uh but 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I guess I just can't really uh, remove the fact that this feels like a really reactionary thing in terms of like, I, yeah, making Ryan this badass and like, uh, I don't know. Like that's one hundred percent right. That's yeah, definitely yeah. that's definitely part yeah. Of it. Omar, I think yeah. you're fully onto something because of the voice direction. <laughs> yeah, he's Batman now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. in this game is Batman, to be fair. <laughs> or like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, maybe this is not at all the intent, right? And I should not be like taking it this way. But like, I find it a little bit interesting, even though I know this is probably not the case of like. Rather than saying, okay, I have to go off and, and like find who I am, and he ends up five years later worse than where he was, you know? Like, I think there's something in, like, I don't know if this is actually the road they're, they're gonna go down, right? Um, but like, I think it is interesting, like, that he reverts back to it and like doubles down on that, you know? I think, I think that's at least somewhat intriguing, at least to me personally, you know? Like, in, if we're looking at him in a very like tragic character type of way, you know, which I think now it's like, okay, he, he definitely is a tragic character. Right. So like, what does it mean for someone to like, know that his past is haunting. Right. But then to let the ghost in again. Right. Like, well, like, what does that really mean? You know, maybe, maybe that's cap. Maybe I shouldn't be taking it like that, but like, I think to a degree that's somewhat at least interesting to me personally, you know, I, I, I think, I think that's interesting for sure. Like, I think, I think it could be that, but I, I just feel like it's just, what's the, I point? totally hear you though. Yeah. Like yeah. it is a definitely feels more of like a reaction. Right? Like it did, like it did, like it does not seem like that was the intent in MGS two mm-hmm. for him to revert back. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I played that, Metal Gear like Solid. that was the intent. Yeah. I play Metal Gear Solid 2 the entire time going, like, looking at the screen, being like, Raiden's like me. I'm that guy. <laughs> not not really, but kind of like he's a player character, right? He's a stand in. And then the end of it is like, it feels like the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, is legit inspiring. <laughs> and, and if that's the message that Raiden took from it, then to go this way, it just it would cheapen Metal Gear Solid 2 to me, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think another element of it, too. Um, and Omar, maybe this is, tell me if I'm off base for like what I'm thinking here. Uh, there is that conversation again with every Metal Gear game where it's like, this one shouldn't have been made like that. We should have been done by now. So like, I I think maybe with the instance of like the AI stuff with the Patriots and maybe Ryan, like Kevin said, going back to being pretty much how he was before he lost his memories, uh, at least on a surface level, because we haven't seen through the rest of the game so far, but does it feel like we backpedaled in those instances to just make another game kind of like, not that that's a bad thing fully. Cause like, it's still really like, we're all having a good time with it, but like I could see that angle too. Cause that is a conversation around every single metal gear game. So, uh, persona four is a game about a cast of characters. Right. And you're going to like, they're going to go through their own journey. Persona five, the same way, but you know, they, everyone you meet has their own journey and hurdles to get over. And they go, they end up changing their, their character at the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. They progress. But then a Persona 4 spinoff, they end up going backwards to the way they used to be, and then they go through that journey again. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like for this game with a sequel, like, they're putting Ryan at the beginning of a new journey. I 
don't know where he's going to end up, but it feels like they're regressing stuff just to probably give him an arc for this one, right? Like, yeah, they don't need to. Like, I, I think that is also a possibility because of like what I brought up of that conversation of like, did we need a sequel for every time? Yeah, was, like, was this a necessary game? Like, it regardless of me being into what Ryan's doing in this game contained in this, like. I think that's also a very real possibility of, you know, and a lot of the conversations we've had about this game so far where it's doing a lot right, but there are a couple holdups of some issues that seem pretty universal and uh, between most of us. And, like, I think all of those can be tied back to the, like, you made a jump down the line at some point between yeah. the timeline of where we left off and where we are. And maybe some of it feels like it's regressing maybe some of it feels like it's not contextualized fully and again jack you nailed it i really think if we did have a bit more of a context going into this game of an update on everything of like what happened to raiden what happened to all this stuff it's like okay well if you're teeing that up out the gate it prepares us but i do think seeing raiden show up and hearing the first comment on jack and raiden of being like yeah, he basically went back to beating me and then ran away and didn't want to support our child. It's like, I, I get being disappointed by that, even if it does make sense. Because I think it makes sense, and I, again, love that we have a, a cyborg ninja Raiden, but and I definitely see the inconsistency there, I guess. And see that it can, like, hurt the game. I I just feel like, yeah, it makes sense, but couldn't we also consider it as, like, just, like, lazy writing for him to regress to that point? Like, here's one thing he did, like, back then. Like, obviously, they wrote into the character, but it's just so much less interesting than I feel like they could have, what they could have done with him. Or just, you know, not even have him in the game. Like, yeah, look, why is why is writing here? I don't know. Like, to that, I'll throw the maybe it gets explained later on. Yeah, because right? we are in action like, still, for sure. And I can't, like, I know I can't use that every time, right? And, like, maybe one of these times it's like, no, no like, it is going to be just face value. Like, no, there is no other. We just wanted another cool cyborg ninja. And it's like, fuck it. We're doing all this, uh, you know, fan service stuff. Why not bring back Ryan? Why not? You know, we, we have Colonel here. We have everyone else here. Like, why not just bring him back? You know, and, like, uh, and yeah, okay, we set him up to find a new life and, you know, have more of a happy ending. Let, let's make it cool, though. You know, like if 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 that is the case, then I think obviously, um, you know, Omar has the valid point of like, yeah, like you know, th this this there there wasn't really a lot of thought into this other than just to have another cool cyborg ninja and to have just ride and be cool as hell, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I'm banking on a particular reason, you know, what I'm saying sure. uh, for that, and like, yeah, I don't know, and. and and like thinking, you know, and I mean, granted, we didn't get a lot of time to talk to Raiden here in this act as well. So maybe things get ironed out, you know, by the end of um, or like by the middle or beginning of Act Three. Um, but what I hope is that, like, I hope what it ends up being is like Raiden. But like, it's fucked up because like you know he he you know wasn't there for Rose and like this and that third right, and it's like if. Like what? What I'm just headspace thinking is like you know, Raiden is not like so. He 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 recalls who he was. He recalls the past he went through, right? But like maybe he understands like deep down that like he needs 
to seek revenge, right? Like, like he he needs to not only like reconcile with that past and know that past, but he may have to kill that past in a very like tangible way, right? Hence why you know he's going after Liquid Ocelot again, you know, and and assisting Snake again, you know, in this when when he should have in theory just done what he did, which was walk away, you know, um, which would then hence give the title to what I keep thinking about rising revengeance, right? Like, is that what that means? Like, is, is that what you're is writing that down? No, yes, I did a theory. Yes, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, like that's that's what I'm thinking headspace wise. Like, that's what I'm thinking. But like, also that seems too direct and too on the nose for it to actually be the case, you know. But I'll tell you, in E3 2010, Kojima uh, walked on the Xbox stage and said, "I'm making Metal Gear Rising," and said, "This is the game where you will find out how Raiden became Raiden." Uh, so interesting. Okay. Maybe I'm giving that yeah. to you, but uh, yeah. yeah, and and I mean, like, I, I, sorry, my bad. Like, I, I think it's also telling where, like, you know, he's very much like, no, I'm not Jack. Yeah, yeah. No, no, fuck Jack. Jack like, is I, dead. I, I, I am not that dude. That's the yeah. first thing I think he said in his coda call. Like, yeah, Snake was like Jack, and he's like Jack is dead. Like, there is hot topic. <laughs> yeah, there is a sorry, division Jack, there for sure, and I, I think honestly. Everything that's been said about Raiden so far in this conversation, it's true. Every single angle. Like, I, I think it, yeah. is, it is reactionary. Yeah. It is weird. It is cool. It is some choices. And I'm interested to see how his arc differs if we're going down a similar maybe trajectory of two. But, Kevin, one last question about Raiden for now. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think he's a cyborg now? Yeah, that's a whole thing. It's like, oof, uh, oof. Yeah, I don't, I do not know. Maybe it's like, uh, um, like, damn, like I really relied on Snake during Big Shell, right? Like, and, and like, I was kind of like a chicken with its head off, really, just kind of just you know, willy nilly around here, like, which is cool because like he was like the player character in that story, which I think helped it a lot, obviously. Um, but like, I think maybe he just wanted some upgrades i don't know or maybe it's some more dark shit like you know because i mean he has like the white flu like i think that's his blood now the white like artificial blood shit um, is so gross i hate looking at it yeah that's <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's quite interesting um <laughs> quite interesting yeah um but yeah i mean i don't know it it could just be that like i'm assuming Either it was done to him involuntarily or he did it willingly as a means to not be the, you know, so uncapable soldier, if you will, that like he kind of was in MGS2 in ways. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. And I wonder like shit, like when does Melody Rising take place? Fuck. <laughs> there. Yeah. When does that take place? I mean, the box, I mean, hey. PlayStation All Star spoiled it, you know. So, sure. uh, yeah. <laughs> but is, it's like, is he always like that in the game? I don't know. Is that the next game, or is Peace Walker? No, next Peace Walker. I think Peace Walker is next. Okay. Actually, you don't. Me and Christian had a small talk about this, but we were thinking maybe we do Rising after five, but we can talk about that later. I don't know. You okay. you think about really? it? Really? Yeah, because because you've been really hyped about five, Kevin. So I feel like maybe we should get that out of the way. 
Uh, I mean, like Rising is like a six-hour game, so like that's that's that's. Yeah, but also I feel yeah. like Rising could be a nice dessert to end the series on. You know, a nice little treat for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who knows? I think I'm that, give that it, would probably be a one-episode podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Rising. Yeah. Yeah, one or. Well, I feel like maybe I, two, but I mean, yeah, I'll, for sure, for sure. If we're doing it in one, yeah, no, like I'd be not doing it in one. I would just break it up over two streams, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that's I, I guess thirteen dollars on Amazon. That's pretty good. <laughs> so we see that Ryden again is dealing with uh, some trauma, and that resulted in him with a new cyborg body and some cool powers. Uh, we get that full drab and drop about the B&B. Drab and drop. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> we um, we kind of glossed over it before, but this is really where, you know, pre the Naomi scene, we really dive in with what's up with the B&B unit. So I, I know we wanted to talk about this and we kind of didn't get to go all in on it. Um, would we rather talk about it before the Naomi scene or after? Because we fight Laughing Octopus after, but like... Well, I think we talked about most of it aside from the fact that they are like beautiful ladies yeah. who got big boobies and they're all wet yeah. and kind of nasty, but surely for someone, this look, I don't know, like, I think Kojima's horny again, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's like I, it's like it, if there was a which I don't know how you could think of a reason to really justify the fact that uh you know like like these are the people behind your villain cast like if 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 there is a coherent not uh insulting way to explain that I sure would have taken that I doubt that exists. Um, and so that's what kind of threw me off where, where it's like, why are they like E3 booth babes that turn villain? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, does not never comprehend it with me. You know, Wait, like, you, you don't understand why the booth babes are angry or like have all this hate or like, I don't understand why they had to be. Oh, babes. Females that like, like, you know, like. Not that it's obviously like I don't care if a female's a villain, but like as into like the why, like, like why from a development. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I guess I guess like that's why. Like you know, which I'm sure we've all answered the question here. Like why does Naomi have half her fucking shirt showing yeah. during yeah. the cutscenes? Well, it's like what is the point of that? Yeah. You know, like yeah. So it's like well, you know, Ackman's razor is probably homies were horny. You know, like it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I uh, we were talking about like Metal Gear Solid Three of Eva, and then we were like, "Well, there's more to come." Um, I was referencing Metal Gear Solid Five. Totally forgot about all this shit. Really? Metal Gear yeah. Solid Four. <laughs> um, man, yeah, it's it's a trend that started. I I feel like in like not subtle, but like in lesser ways in Metal Gear Solid One, and it's just grown exponentially to from one to two to three and now four and uh it's hard to ignore to say the least yeah because again similar to eva and like i was thinking more about it on eva i think jack your final question i think where you were like i think this was something you threw out there of like 
was she playing it up the whole time to just like trick snake the more i've thought about that i think she was i don't think that makes it okay but like if she's at least doing that of her own will and like is she really because it's, she's being written by a man but like I think with Eva, at least, there's a, a question there. Here, truly, no idea what they're going for. I really don't know. Like, it's... They're not gaining a benefit from that. They're not made more interesting by that. It's like it's not like they're using that of their own will. Because, like, it seems like in the fight, at least, like, maybe Octopus is, like, in a trance the way that all these soldiers are. She's being controlled and put in this scenario and she thinks snake will free her so like it's very strange i get what they're going for with the nano machine suppressing soldiers emotions maybe it's the same thing here but like like you're already t trying to comment on that with the soldiers in the background already you just trying to do it more now and like what do you add on to that by making her wet latex girl i don't know I really don't. I was trying. I was. It was like what I am. I was playing this. I was like, Kojima, wh what are you going for with this? What are you trying to do? Mom, don't walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like narratively, the worst part about um, this scene, at least, is that they give all of her backstory after the fight, and it's like, dude, if I want to care about this character, like, don't give me all the information about them after they're disposed of. Uh, it, it's. It's baffling how you you walk into this fight knowing nothing about the character, and then Drebin's like, "All right, let's let's chat about what just happened." And uh, this is the person that you may or may not have killed. And I understand, like, if you I tranked um, laughing octopus, but I understand that for them to come in and explain her who she was after Snake may have killed her is an interesting scenario. But at the same time, I don't care about the character now that they're out of the game at this point so i think it would have been it wouldn't would have made way more sense if that coda conversation was either before the fight or mid fight where you we that happened a lot in metal gear solid one where you'd call in during revolver revolver also and then you'd learn all of his backstory and we get that at the end of this fight which is bizarre to me or or like if she talked to you specifically like directly yeah. like if it was like a you know like the sniper wolf my last moments i'm gonna remember forever sure. something like that yeah, no, it's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, I just say, like, why are you telling me this now? I wish you told me this, like, 25 minutes ago. Or, yeah, and, like, before we even engaged in combat with her, you know? And it's yeah. super strange because, again, this game's episodic, kind of. And I like that a lot. We literally, we have a 15, 20-minute mission briefing period where we could have gotten this info, you know? Like, yeah. the, mm -hmm. if Drebin knows the B&B &B unit... Otacon can find out some info, you know, and they have, uh, you know, Otacon can tap into like a lot of different things. So like recon the area, you see this giant Doc Ock headdress woman, like maybe, <laughs> maybe read up on her and let Snake know what's up. You know, like, I know you want to have some fun reveals as you're playing the game. It's like, but use the vamp for that. Like, you, you get prepped on Laughing Octopus for this area, saying that Liquid stationed her to patrol this. You show up, Vamp is here too? What? Like, I think you're right. Where I, I did love in MGS1 where sometimes, again, Assassin's Creed style, it's like you kill the person and then they're, like, giving you their life story. But, like you said, Omar, she's not doing that. So, like, it does create a separation of, like, 
literally it's like a textbook example of just being objectified in a digital way kind of of just like you're a boss you're meant to be killed you're horny and insane so there you go the the backstory too isn't actually interesting like at all right it's just tragic like generic not generic but like it just feels like almost like fetishizing right in terms of like the trauma stuff mm. like it's like uh, this is really sad this is her it, you know and i think this is a series that always does that kind of thing but yeah. you know when the previous games was kind of much better about this because they felt like real characters but this it really does feel like objects i guess with the way they've they've been written and portrayed mm-hmm. like fair enough yeah, sorry. Um, so I know we've jumped around a bit. There was one thing I wanted to throw out there that we didn't really talk about when it comes to sort of Snake's progression towards Naomi. Uh, we get an offhand remark. Actually, you know what? We'll save this. Um, let's talk about Naomi. Because we get through the mansion. You know, I thought the mansion was a cool set piece. I liked sneaking through there. Um, yeah. But we get to Naomi and her lab, and we get her intro cutscene. Um uh l1 if you're going first person you can see uh laughing octopus outside the windows yeah 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 yeah. which was neat um and honestly i i do like the l1 stuff i think in this game more than i do in snake eater because it just like it feels less jarring it feels more natural of like there's a point of interest or there's something that's giving you more context not just like press this button to look at boobs you know um and honestly i was surprised that kojima was reserved enough because snake drops his cigarette on purpose to look up naomi's skirt i was surprised there was no l1 prompt he did that on purpose wait i thought he did no you're really? right no. dude i did not pick I up he was that old, at but l maybe you're right <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know i feel like that's something big boss would have done not that, solid no, because that's why I was confused, and that's why I was like, "This old man Snake's just a pervert now." Because I think, like, I think he took his cigarette out, held it, flicked it, went to reach down for it, looked over, grabbed it, and stood up. That's what I thought happened. Again, it was late, so I could be wrong, but I'll check Kevin's vod. Yeah, I mean, but... no, you're right. I mean, I was expecting. If it's right, I missed it well. completely. Yeah. yeah, if it's right, then I, I come completely missed that. I guess. But. Snake's horny. I think he's always been horny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like uh, he. Sure. I don't know. If we talked about this, but you can make him like jack off in a locker in Metal Gear Solid too. <laughs> yeah, that's a like, trophy. Yeah, that's a trophy. Did you get it, Jack? No, I'm not a perv. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jack. I think also last week you mentioned you were going to see if we could look at the Playboys. Did you do that? Uh, no. Again, <laughs> I'm not a perv. Uh, no, I tried. There, it's just a descriptor. Okay. So I do pick it up. You know when i see him in the battlefield but you know I, I yeah i would never you know put such sorcery in my eyes no way just casual reading mm-hmm. yeah article just it's it's a it's a field intel you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so, this naomi cutscene we get to see the two of them uh meet up again after all this time again i have another question for all of you maybe i was misremembering this shouldn't snake be like pissed at naomi like, yeah that's yes, what i thought wait. i'm like i'm like wait are you ever gonna bring up how like yeah she she kind of like you know essentially double crossed you low-key high key and like some sort of deceive yeah 
And I thought like, that would eventually come up, but I was like, okay, all right, I don't know. And like maybe yeah. kind of ruined his life with the fox eye stuff, because like, yeah, may, like I, I think maybe I just was misremembering this or something, but I I thought in this scene the fox eye conversation was like, oh, this is part of the aging issue. I didn't remember that was just because of cloning, but I thought that old snake was old snake because fox eye was just killing his cells like that, and I didn't realize it basically passed through his system. So maybe that's why I was like you should be furious with her why are you not this upset but maybe that's just snake maybe that's he just doesn't care but he found a reason to keep fighting so like he should be upset right because he's on a timer i think snake i think like what you just said christian i feel like he heard her story about um all her backstory with gray fox and all that mm-hmm. and felt like she needed revenge and i feel like there was a, a bit of snake who was like even though it affected him he was probably like i guess that makes sense yeah. in a way <laughs> and i feel like that situation falls squarely on Naomi in this game where I was thinking about it after you got after we were talking about when Nao- when Naomi looks at old snake and it like gasps at him mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of guilt associated with that scene yeah. because she probably feels guilty um obviously like the cloning is or obviously his uh aging is due to the cloning and not fox die but I feel like there is a sense of his body is like decaying and they're still fox eye in some way or another is affecting that in some way or another yeah so i think naomi's she there's a lot of guilt associated with naomi in terms of uh snake and uh vamp as well with nano machines mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I feel like that's for her to see that's a good point actually yeah, yeah no yeah that's like a very good point i thought she was just like kind of being an asshole about it but no like i guess yeah there there could definitely be guilt there absolutely yeah because yeah. that was the read i had on it of like she's crying because it's like it definitely felt like guilt because she like was like like i think the way she said snake just to me read like she was surprised and like had all this emotion it's like seeing him again kind of like how meryl did but um i definitely think looking at it the way of just like pretty fucked up that she's just la- oh, like crying at this old man's body like that is funny, but I did have the read of, like, she probably feels somewhat responsible, right? Like, I think her reaching out to Snake in general at all is because she wants to kind of atone for all these things. And later on, at the end of this uh, act, she does talk about her sins. So she's clearly thinking about these things. And um, I did find it funny, though, or maybe not funny, but, like, interesting, if that's truly what's happening, that she didn't really apologize that she tie- turned Snake into a pandemic bomb. <laughs> like... She wasn't really like, sorry, but she, again, she put Fox Eye in him, and Fox Eye is the reason he has a couple months left, because that's gonna create a pandemic if he doesn't die. Isn't it, like, partly, like, it's not just, he's not old because of the Fox Eye, right? He's old because of, okay, right, but the problem is specifically, his specific layoff on three genes are reacting with the fox die and that is creating a pandemic or has a possibility i think i think it's okay i'm probably gonna sound really stupid or or i'm gonna nail this i think what's happening is that the fox die you know what no never mind <laughs> never mind never mind never mind there there are two different viruses i think i know snake right now mm-hmm. yeah okay I, which it was this this was one of those um powerpoints inside of a powerpoint situations where i was like what the fuck is happening but 
Which is weird because they she gives Snake like multiple different time frames. She's like, you have half a year left in your current state, but there's also this other virus affecting fox dye in an adverse way, and you will be able to transmit fox dye to people, and that will occur in three months. It's like, okay, that maybe should have been up first. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have said it. You got a half a year left. And she's like, actually, let's, let's cut that in half. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, like, a, there's a lot going on in this. Because, wait, so so Fox Eye targets a specific genetic code, right? Mm-hmm. That reacts to certain people. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but is it because... Okay, wait, fuck. It's like so, it's like something something about the way the fox die is is reacting to Snake's body. And there's something there that I'm missing that is causing Fox Die to let go of its ability to only look for this genetic code and it's just gonna go everywhere. It's but it's re- I forgot the middle piece in that. It's reacting to a virus that was put in him and he thinks that Drebin did it. Yeah. Right when he injects him at first, and that Drebin's like, "Why would I do that?" Um, and whatever was put in him, either by Drebin or someone else that we didn't see, is what is causing Fox Eye to malfunction in that way, and allowing him to transmit it to others. At least that's what that's how I thought. That's how they explained it. Very confusing. Right. Right. But that's kind of separate from him aging because yes. that's how they genetically cloned him. So that way, no one could capture him and reclone him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was purposeful. Yeah. That was purposeful. That was that was the intent of the cloning process yes. from yeah. Big Boss to Liquid and Snake. Right. Okay. Yes. We have seen yeah. uh, the Clone Wars. Ten-year-old yes. clones are full, full, full-grown soldiers, you know, and then they die mm-hmm. in like two more years. So, like, yeah, it yep. that of like it's a it's a byproduct of being a clone. Um, but like Jack said, again, kind of Naomi's fault because like the reason he could just live out the rest of his days as an old man, but now he's like, oh shit, well, I'm going to create a pandemic because of you and like directly an action of her that she did it out of spite. Kind of, she agreed to do it that way with, uh, the people who created Fox Eye, but like she still did it, you know, and she, she did it to further her own means as well so i i definitely think there's probably guilt there but um, christian question for you mm-hmm. snake is in super death mode there's no way like he's he's got with the way they're describing it, it seems like he's gotta die mm-hmm. do you think this was another case where kojima was like fuck this this is my last <laughs> one <laughs> like maybe okay i mean how many other metal gears have we got after this <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, I do love the process of, like, I mean, I I love the concept of, like, and it wasn't really brought up that much in MGS2, but, like, I wish it kind of was where where it was, like, very much like you as a player remembering that, like, hey, Snake is on a clock that has no type of numbers on it, no type of any way that you can tell, you know, what, when it's going to hit and strike the bell but at some point this clock is gonna be right and snake's gonna die Mm -hmm. you know um so i think it's really cool that that's in here it kind of sucks that like i don't know 
I guess it's kind of like, uh, like I wish like we kind of still had that mystique of Fox that like now, you know, I kind of know that, okay, like in six months he's, he's, he's going to die. But in three months, if he's still alive, he's going to kill everyone else. Uh, essentially. And it's like, uh, like that kind of takes the fun out of it. Like now we're on like a clock with numbers on it. And I think that that kind of like leaves that mystery and mystique kind of alone. I kind of wish it was still like a, Oh snake. Like I don't know when you're going to die. I, I just don't know. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know, but like eventually, yeah, you know, well, well. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did yeah. you guys notice that, uh, Naomi isn't British anymore? Yeah. Also. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not. Shit I, shit. I forgot about that. That's yeah. Crazy. Um, they changed that in the twin snakes for some reason. And mm-hmm. I guess this is the first time she's appeared in the series since twin but, snakes is canon. Uh, I guess so. I was, I was I was looking at Twin Stakes. You know, I, I think I might want to play that. I know you guys say it's bad, but like I think I might. I'm you know, yeah, I don't care for it, but it's worth playing. It looks, we're checking out. It looks it, it looks very interesting. From yeah. what I heard, it sounds like the voice director was like, "All right, just do all of your lines, and then just take out all of the emotion from your from your dialogue. Just sort of read off the page. That's like, like what Twin Snakes. Like. Yeah." Yeah. Oh, oh. So like I, the voice acting's thing's worse. They yeah, they they re-recorded yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's voice lines. Everyone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, because like oh, okay. PS1 and PS2, just like the hardware, just didn't. I I was listening to an interview recently that David Hayter was like, yeah, we recorded Metal Gear Solid One in like a living room somewhere. Yeah. And and um. That's cool. They, like, if you listen hard enough at, at certain points, or if like you boost the sound, you could hear like cars in the background because of traffic and all that. So I'm like, wow, I did. I did that, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. neat. That's neat. Yeah, uh, I'll shout it out again. Omar sent me that awesome Game Informer documentary about how they recorded MGS One, and there's a lot of stories like that in there from the cat because they interview the cast and the uh, uh, voice director of the game and. Um, mm. Yeah, all the, there's a lot of really interesting insight, and part of it too, the reason they had to re-record was because I think MGS One was like non-union recording as well. Hmm. So like because of the second one coming out after some sort of union thing happened for that recording stuff, um, they couldn't use the original because of the way the union rules works. So they had to re-record everything. So, so I've heard two things. I've heard that, and also I've heard what Jack said about the. Uh... The motorcycle thing like apparently like in the house like they just heard motorcycles come up in recordings like there's two different answers out there and we don't know which one's which i think They're i think it's probably the right. union one right I'd imagine, probably both yeah. right yeah but i feel like let's like we we just played metal gear solid one just recently it sounds pretty good i thought yeah. oh no it sounds great cd quality yeah. audio it's i was i think we even made a point to address like man this sounds good it sounds like, really good oh yeah, yeah. but um no, I want to hear those bicycles for sure. <laughs> uh, was there anything else in the Naomi cutscene that stood out to anybody? Like we touched on some stuff earlier. There, this is where we really get the suppression of emotions and the XMB moment that I love. But that's yeah. why I never uh, came to through sixty, bro, because of that. <laughs> oh, it's shit. funny about it's funny about that because we get the XMB and there's two like gray yeah. um, boxes b- b- below and I was like is that Peace Walker and five? Yeah, because it said uh, I wrote it down because I was like I want to because I knew we were probably gonna touch on this was supposed to be the last one Kojima wanted but in the game yeah. there's two that said under construction beneath MGS. Yeah, Sorry. it is huh. probably Peace Walker and Rising. I would assume yeah, that's that's probably more right. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. I, I think I want to shout out Jennifer Hale during this scene because I didn't understand anything she was talking about, but I think she delivered every line so great, yeah. and I was engaged thoroughly. I great cannot wait to choose Femship in Mass Effect, let me tell you. Oh, hell yeah. Because she Forgot does about voice, that. I believe. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Uh, we, we also get uh, explanation of Guns of the Patriots in this as well. Yeah. yeah. Where like Liquid Liquid wants to take over SOP and him using all the PMCs to revolt against the Patriots is he's calling that guns of the Patriots. Which wait, was I What did I say it was? I don't know if you had a prediction. I, I said something like, Oh yeah, okay, like guns of the Patriots, I'm thinking like hired guns. Kevin, right. No, what well, you said you said um guns of the Patriots would be uh Liquid's final moment where he flexes his muscles, I think. I did. Yeah, you said that. I you did not say that. I'm sorry. I'm right. gaslighting. I was, say, oh, oh, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I was like, wait, what the fuck did I? I am so sorry. <laughs> no, dude, I was ready to just like go in on that because, like, you know, Liquid's arm, you know, is the thing controlling. So he just flexes. I was like, Holy arm. shit! Did I? Fuck! Yeah, All right then. Goes. Okay. <laughs> All right then. And that activates SOP. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Oh man! But shout out Liquid's arm. That's the thing that I keep coming back to though about like i know liquid's wrong but like i i feel like the the series has thrown out this idea of like you should make your own destiny one and two do that a lot that's basically the the meaning of one and two's ending and then here we're talking about uh, liquid who wants to free the world of the patriots he also wants to make it just a universal thing where like hey the, the strong people are are good which is still bad but should snake also not be trying to fight for the liberation of everybody from the patriots grasp you know that's the thing that i keep coming back to it's like just feels weird maybe i'm missing something i know we've talked about it already of like he's you know keep the status quo is going to be better than what liquid would do in the long run or what it would be like if he just ripped it all out which again i think talking about masking the emotions of soldiers in this scene is pretty deliberate on getting that across as well as like why snake isn't really going for that but it's just strange and again act two but i i've been questioning these things a fair amount so I, um, dude i just never considered it but you're so like you're so right about it like i maybe maybe they just gave up maybe like they just thought the patriots were just too insane to tackle like mm-hmm. I, I don't know but uh, i have to i'll have to look it up honestly because i don't don't know what that that's about yeah because like i kind of sorry you go for it i just have a quick question if there was a game, pretend we don't have a bunch of these things in the past, right? If there's a game where the main character is a guy that wants to free the world of this grasp of this uh, faceless organization that's making the choices of everyone and make it a world where people have their own abilities to scale up in society, maybe we don't, maybe the metric isn't the best thing of like, it's just uh, your kill count is what determines your value. But like, I feel like a game protagonist being in that position would be like people would be behind that you know it's weird but yeah i I like the situation that snake sort of finds himself in right now where he essentially says to colonel like (laughs) we should just destroy this outright and then colonel's like well that would that would ruin all like many aspects of daily life that like we can't even account for so it's terrible but we kind of need need it in place right now like i i I don't know if that, like, you could, we, we could get it at the end, Snake being like, no, we need to destroy this, whatever, but I honestly forget, because mm-hmm. this game, game's very convoluted, yeah. but 
um i like the situation where um they they are already kind of lost and they sort of just have to live with it at this point mm-hmm. and i think that's pretty interesting yeah so were you gonna say something else jack or was that your point you wanted to make uh i was wondering if um if we want to talk about the actual like mechanics of the uh the laughing octopus boss fight sure yeah night vision solid eye yeah that breaks Uh, this boss fight (laughs) i like it when she does the metroid ball roll at you yes yeah knocked me out a few times but it was pretty cool yeah Um, Yeah. oh Um, oh big moment actually for me as a growing as a person becoming an adult uh was uh i feel like when i first played this game right it was like it was the summer of fifth grade and uh this is the first like f-bomb i think i ever heard in the game it laughing octopus goes like and it's also fucking hysterical and and the game never has an f-bomb before that i don't think the series ever had an f-bomb no, before that yeah first. it was pretty impactful i think games just used to, used to not like have f-bombs but then like you know the next year was that general shepherd moment right uh where in the world just fucking watched he said you remember that uh-huh. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, call yes, of duty didn't have f-words absolutely. like absolutely. in that game either except for that like it was used very sparsely but now they're everywhere but uh yeah i, I love a good like well-timed like here it is mm-hmm. i don't know I, and i think it worked too like i know the delivery and the direction on laughing octopus is a little it's like cranked to 11 but i did think that that worked there i was like oh it's, okay it's freaky i think it's unnerving right like yeah. it's like yeah, oh. yeah. and it it like you, you find this funny made... it's fucked up <laughs> it like instantly made me like puritanical for some reason like oh they just swore <laughs> like because yeah. i haven't heard that you know in all of metal gear so far and yeah. i'm like whoa, whoa you just did that come on so, I, I i was so taken aback by that um i <laughs> I was going to make a point, but I just remembered I wrote this down. So, in my notes, I have just about the fight. I don't know what they're going for. And then I think after that cutscene of her death stuff, I just heard, oh, she's the Joker. Because that's basically what it's going for. And you're laughing. Dude, totally. She very much isn't, like... But I I remember my point. I, I think this is another instance of, like... We touched on it, I think, with Metal Gear Solid 1 a little bit. But, like, there is... I think like an element of horror to this series. And I think it's really felt here specifically with the B and B unit, you know, and like maybe Raiden also, but yeah, I, th- I think it's an interesting type of horror, not like a resident evil or silent hill thing, but it's, it's very more subdued and it's like an unease horror of like, this isn't too like, maybe not specifically laughing octopus, but it's like, Hey, this, these concepts these themes aren't too separated from where we are right now and like it, you're painting it and portraying it in a really creepy way when you actually think about it so also just a little unnerving so appreciate that yeah i mean uh, i mentioned it in the last episode but again like, i think that scene with the pmcs and rebels are getting attacked by this unit mm-hmm. was really freaky mm-hmm. but no for sure there's definitely definitely scary uh sorry jack totally like i i agree with the the horror bit like i the thing i enjoyed probably most about this fight was how confined it felt and you were just like straight up in a shack Mm -hmm. pretty much um but like overall i really do feel like 
just having night vision on this entire time sort of ruins the boss fight and maybe that's on me but maybe that shouldn't have been in the game at this point no, because same. that just it, it just if it's at my disposal i'm going to use it and there was just aside from using a trank gun to defeat her which took a while maybe because it was a trank gun but it it, it took took longer than i felt other bosses did in prior mgs games but other than that, there there really wasn't that much of a challenge associated with this, and the set pieces of her turning into people that you know, or like the Mark II or whatever, would have been a lot cooler if you were some somehow like Solid Eye was like disabled for some reason, yeah. and like she came in with like an EMP or something, and I feel like that could have been a, a better way of having this boss boss fight be more memorable because it is memorable, like it has those elements to it, but you're supposed to have night vision on right now like i i just don't see a world where i wouldn't have pl played that situation without night vision because she's a decoy and you can see her via thermal on your night vision goggles so that's just sort of the game telling you to do that and i, I sort of wish that wasn't available to your at your disposal in this yeah yeah like i think hearing like a chafing they go off in the beginning of the boss fight could have done a lot and like not being able to use um night like the um eye and all that i think that would have been definitely cool um but i still like i still really enjoyed this boss fight just in terms of like it felt like a cat and mouse like hide and seek type deal um and i did like how like i was in this enclosed space that like you know i i grew to know more and stuff like that and it was and like i i found myself like like trying to cut her off in certain instances i did get fooled by the Gear mark to check on twitter uh, had a bit of a jump scare. It's back. I don't know if that was the claymore. I don't know what it was. I think maybe I think maybe the Mark II like somehow just shot at me. I random explosion. I don't know. Happened again. Will it happen in Act Three? We'll see. I don't know. But yeah, claymores in this game or close explosions, very loud, catch me off guard every time. So far, every time. Twenty so, gigs, just for that sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one got me worse than the first one for sure. Yes, um, but yeah, I like, for sure. like overall, like generally speaking, like I did enjoy this 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 boss fight, like m just in gameplay. Just I just thought it was a really cool like cat and mouse like mm -hmm. hide and seek type deal, you know. So yeah, I enjoyed it. worked worked for me. I I also liked it. I think the 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 body double thing, like you know, the mannequin mm -hmm. or whatever. That freaked me out. I was like, whoa. Uh, but that was it. I honestly didn't figure out the night vision thing until like halfway through it. And I was like, oh, of course. Of course. Uh, I forgot to bring this up, but uh, Jack, are you playing it on the disc, right? Or the digital version? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I, had, I don't know if I ever said this, but I had to install the game when I first That's, booted it up. So, okay. Did you install the full thing or are you installing it like every act? I installed it uh, in full. Okay, so okay. I... <laughs> put the game in i was like i'm so psyched to play this and then i had to install it and it was snake smoking a cigarette the whole time with a bunch of uh hints going out throughout and then when you first boot up the game he says kept you waiting huh and i was like all right that was cool cool nice. <laughs> cool nice. yeah because yeah, i know um i think that option to install the one thing on full wasn't always there i think like mm -hmm. when it came out it was like you install it every act has to be installed oh interesting. yeah but um that's cool that's cool uh yeah i i'm with jack i think that the fight 
conceptually is cool and again we never got to fight decoy octopus in the original metal gear so like seeing that come to fruition is cool um i think it was just an instance of i was i knew i'd have that out of like the night vision would probably work and i was trying to find her first location i could not for the life of me because she was in the raptors i think and uh i popped it on i was like oh there she is and then i just played it out until the the eye ran out and then i waited and tried to find a couple hiding spots um any notable hiding spots that stuck out to people omar i like that you shouted out the mannequin that didn't happen yeah. to me, but it's cool the other one was the uh, i think that you know the um whatever they call the cat scan machine thing yeah. she's got like her yeah, tentacles right. looking like their cables connected to it yeah oh that's that that's was awesome neat. cool that's yeah mm -hmm. me there was one time where there was like a like painted like or drawn thing on the wall like like she like became a drawing and i was like wait a minute that's i don't think that was there last time and then she came out of that i was like holy shit like yo how the fuck yeah it's like, it's yeah like i thought i thought painting, that yeah. was cool yeah 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 i was like wait what yeah that was that was a good one she's a funny combination of randall from monsters inc and doc ock from spider-man <laughs> yeah um dude if only steve buscemi voiced her that'd be so good <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah, like imagine that awesome. like like uh wet steve buscemi came out of that machine <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great yeah because like also i think it was uh interesting i think the characters voiced by two people yeah right? yeah so mm -hmm. yeah but um those deep tones i did lethal for the first half of the fight and then we have to fight uh laughing beauty afterward attract her i don't know if there'd be a difference i i I think Snake went to check her pulse. I don't know if She's that's something that happens everywhere, but I was like, "Is this because I tracked her?" Like, I shot her, uh, and he ch he still checked the pulse. Okay. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying I to prank, like... but it took too long, so then I just pulled it, pulled out the AK. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> it went for it. Hit it with that AK. AK. No. Yeah. Hit it with that AK. Yeah. L listen, bosses get no trank. I'm sorry. Mm. Regular, <laughs> you know like regular people mm -hmm. y'all can get trained it's okay it's not your fault but no like if you're a boss nah hit them with the ak that's that, interesting that's what my approach was because with the octopus part i had eight rpg rounds so i was just night vision <laughs> goggles walking around Jesus Christ. just sending rpgs at her <laughs> she and they no did chance. like they did like nothing i i used all Damn. eight and she still had like half her health left so i was like all right i'll just I whipped out the AK, and then when the beauty came around, I was like, I mean, you're not really attacking me, so I could probably just trank you, and it took, like, maybe ten shots, and she was down. But ten headshots? No, because or... she does, like, that little dodge thing, so I tried to yeah. do, like, a... I don't know if you guys ever do... You know how sometimes in games, like, you can't shoot a specific character? Yeah. And do you ever, like, try and, like, move the thing and, like, shoot as you're moving to see if you can hit the person? Oh yeah, that was the strategy I took here, and it worked. Did it work? Yeah. Wow. So did not do headshots. Yeah, I I got the sense that she was alive after I tranked her. Me too. But be, because every Metal Gear Solid game before this, where you can trank uh, characters, Fat Man, I tranked him and he just fucking explodes at the end, you know, <laughs> or like or bleeds out at the end, and then the like uh, the Fury literally explodes. Like, ah, oh, sweet, I got him with that trank, and then he's like. Bah! it's like that's not what happened so i like 
maybe I was just reading into it and I was hoping for it, maybe. But I like how this game at least rewards you for potentially rewards you for um, playing the game differently and getting maybe a slightly different cutscene. Yeah. Even if it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. That's what I thought. I had the same uh, train of thought because, like, MGS1 has a pretty major thing like that with Meryl, right? And I feel like since then we haven't really had anything like that. But I thought it was very interesting that you checked her pulse and I got the sense she was alive. But, Omar, you feel like she's dead based on that cutscene that you saw because you killed her? I mean, he checked the pulse and I can't remember if he declared that she was dead or not. But I see Ice is. She melt? I don't think she melted. Okay. Maybe she did. I just can't, I just can't I remember know. if she melted or not. Like, she could have, and I just could be completely wrong. But I could check with who you guys want. I can pull up my... my <laughs> did she melt? Yeah, here, let me... Yeah, where's the melting coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, oh, wait, no, well, like... like the, I remember the, the black stuff, yeah. Melted off. Oh, she was, yeah. Like, sitting in a puddle and stood up. So I don't ink. Know. Yeah. You made yeah, me but... ink. <laughs> <laughs> Similar, oh, Jack, to what you were saying about the um, the night vision sort of killing the the coolness of this fight. The next sequence we have after we escape here, we have to track Naomi by looking at footprints. Um, and Raiden gives you this whole thing about like how a true hunter works and all these things, and like you gotta read the winds and the, the birds. He's like, <laughs> but you can also use the solid eye if it does if it's too hard. I threw that thing on immediately. I it died. I waited for it to recharge. Where are those triangles? <laughs> this was fun. I, yeah, like this was alright. And I was able to catch every time there was like a sniper perched up and like I was able to um have them trained, but like there was one sniper that was hidden like very clever. Like a pixel was showing. Like very subtle. So I I I appreciate it. Yeah, so actually I'm looking at um uh um her die. A bunch of white leaves or flower petals, you know, start swirling around. Oh, and she like solidifies. That's what happened. Oh, like field position. Hmm. No, yeah, ours. There's yeah. like rock on her now. Yeah. Or something. Oh, oh, I didn't I get that. She hardened. Oh, really? I don't oh, think it... so. Okay, so she you guys need to go back in and... your game. To like her, Korg. her like face is still like. Korg. So her face is still exposed. Mm-hmm. She's in like that, you know, uh, that type of dynamic, whatever. Uh, and then like. Her whole body like becomes like black rock or something like that. Oh, I don't Def- know definitely that. Korg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Korg. Yes. Yes. Korg energy. Yeah. So, not sure. Uh, Interesting. I guess it's different for everyone. You got feel, that, Jack. Feel free to go check out that. You know, if if it's different or yeah, that's yeah. what I got. I like to look at footage from that boss fight. What can I say? <laughs> I uh, I don't. I'm sorry. Kojima <laughs> <Sajima> won. <laughs> yeah. Um. So- did did you guys get the crop circle in this situation? Yes. Tracking? So cool. Wait, what? Oh my god. So oh my god. Yes. If you're you're walking around, you're trying to hunt for Naomi and, and you take a wrong turn, there's a crop circle. And if you walk over it, you hear Patriot Campbell talking about the alien abduction from Metal Gear Solid yeah. 2, where he's like, when really? I was walking around one time, yes, I, get, it's, I saw a bright it's in light. in my fucking playthrough, yeah. yeah oh, I'll yes. check it out. It is so, so wild. I was like, he, what the fuck? You, 
you get like um driven points for it so my thinking is like are there other like little scenarios like this where you can hear like previous mgs stuff um yeah i, I don't remember this from maybe i Maybe I, I feel like maybe I've seen this before the crop circle, but I don't remember any other ones like they can just stumble upon. But when yeah, I was looking like at would be. when I was looking at the Metal Gear Solid Two quote information, I I heard about that one, but it seemed like nothing else from Metal Gear Solid Two in that sequence isn't in here. Okay, that I, one is. I got a trophy for it. I forgot what it was called, but I got a trophy for it. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, that one was like, oh, whoa, that's crazy. So yeah, I'm really glad I caught that on stream. Hell yeah. Thank God. The only thing that was weird, I think, on my end when I was trying to track Naomi was like, um, I for I think it might have been after a point where there were two frogs like standing in like a rock tunnel or something, and I found myself like sneaking up through some grass, and then there was a frog laying in the grass ahead of me, and I tracked them. They were looking at a shack because I heard Naomi. I was like, this is clearly a trap, but this sniper was looking down at a shack, and the Naomi lines were coming out of the shack. So I, I tranked, I went to the shack, and then there was a radio that was just pre-recorded Naomi lines, being like, Snake, I'm over here, Snake, help me. Um, so that was the only weird thing that I stumbled onto that was, like, trying to throw you off. But, uh, yeah, it, it took me a bit that I found everything. The, like, radio thing, right? Yes, yeah, that was the only saying, weird yeah. thing that I noticed on my tracking journey. But I had that this- happen to me, yeah. Sorry, uh, I found this uh like this uh metal door thing with like night vision goggles had a lot of like chicken feet prints around it maybe or like small hand prints. Did you guys see this? I saw hand prints. I thought it Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Someone sure. Did, yeah. did you see that square metal thing then, Christian? Or square no? Metal thing. I don't know. Like there was, was I like think the... There might have been in a little alcove near where the hand prints were. There were like just like chicken Prince might be what it actually looked like, but there was like this circular area of like probably eighty tracks that were just in a circle together. Um, okay. I thought maybe that was like Naomi got down and put her shoes back on or something, <laughs> like because she they disappeared for a bit. I thought I saw barefoot Prince as well at some point, but huh. yeah, pretty weird. So, so why was there random like? bra and panties like out there this Wait, is what you guys didn't get that either no i found like a scarf oh no no i like there was panties and then sick was like oh okay that's kind of weird like what and then there was the bra and then otacon comes on the comms and's like wait naomi and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like what's like what is that yeah that was really confusing i'm like wait number one why would she be stripping in this particular predicament um and yeah 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 it was it was i i had that and that was weird for sure yeah because like i definitely found a scarf and autocon was like maybe that's naomi's and i was like okay she's leaving a trail smart but right yeah i didn't get bra or panties (laughs) i got like maybe like a silk wool handkerchief or scarf or something but um i could see a world where this sequence is very annoying i definitely got a little lost but i was never frustrated really i was like so where am i going at one point but omar jack did you guys have any issues getting through here was it tedious or were you fine pretty much fine here 
just you know i did fight some some of the frogs mm-hmm. uh do we talk about how the frogs are all ladies as well ever i don't think yeah. so i don't think okay. so and they yeah. also all disappear yeah they blue. turn into blue flames yeah yeah is that just like the ps3 cell processor baby trying to well, well not have what to happens lose? to what happens to the uh, the rebels on the PMCs? Do they disappear? I don't. Think yeah, so. they also go into like blue flames. I was gonna oh, ask you guys oh, that. Like, why does that happen? Yeah, machines. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. maybe, maybe. They just have a Thanos dust function in the nano machines. Be like, all right, you don't need to take oh. up this space anymore. We're just gonna turn you to ash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me. Uh, the next section, Uncharted Jeep. I wrote down. Kevin, you have a history <laughs> of being hit or miss with some of these sequences. What do you think of this one? uh this one was all right yeah this 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 one wasn't wasn't too bad i like the uh added aspect of oh uh didn't really understand why the soldiers were acting like zombies it's oh, that yeah the you know the, from liquid in act one the activated funny gas stuff oh yeah because okay. that's, that's why okay. snake did the injection because naomi gave him like a a case of uh needles that would help him snap out of that control because she took gotcha. one, like, all, like vamp i think took one or maybe he was knocked out at that point but she definitely gotcha took one. um okay gotcha yeah okay okay so that that explained it there um i did like the aspect of like hey i was on the turret taking down these geckos and then one of them would just pull up on me so i had to get out you know spray him mm-hmm. um so like yeah like this one was all right yeah no like one was pretty yeah yeah okay. wasn't wasn't bad at all at least i'd say is it impossible to do a non-lethal playthrough of this game i think so okay okay uh because the thing is you gotta be constantly shooting the geckos with that well thing and you can easily miss people well geckos geckos are unmanned right but and like you get like it like it's hard but i think i think for the platinum you need to do it and a non-lethal playthrough which seems impossible yeah because like i definitely because i've been trying you know i i was for this one i was like snake will probably just kill the people that he has to kill um and everything else is uh tranking but yeah getting on that turret trying to shoot the gecko's legs like soldiers were running in front of that turret you know the gecko was charging <laughs> something had to be done i i, I couldn't so. i also just think this game's more fun if you just blast everyone away like i tried playing non-lethally until i got to the first frog section last week and then i was like m4 let's go and (laughs) it 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 is just a ball of fun because like there are just way more action elements in mgs4 than there are in any of the other metal gear games like action moments where the game puts you in like a state of alert and you have to actually like fight people like the frog section and now here with the uh like uh whatever the drebin machine is called i'm forgetting um but like you you basically like have to fight people and i like it i'm a big fan i like the action parts i think it's cool yeah no same like and like i love that like um i think in this act it happens pretty much when uh you fight um the octopus where where it's like all right we're going into combat mode you know it's like hey like i i i like that they you know when you need to be stealthy you are stealthy this is what you're doing it works well plays great and then 
the game will call upon, hey, you need to start fucking shit up. And like even that is fun too. So I like how it lets you not like you get to choose necessarily because you can't choose. But like I just like that there are clear cut ways of the game telling you, hey, it's time to be, you know, action third, you know, like do all the fun stuff with your weapons and all that um, after you've been stealthy for so long. Like, I just like that they are able to do both. Yeah, It's just like the nano machines sending dopamine for soldiers that are getting kills. You are both proving Damn. Kojima right. The gamers love murdering people. Damn. It's I love crazy. it. <laughs> That's wild. It'd be like that sometimes. Hit so, him with the AK. The majority, outside of one sequence of getting through uh, a market with some geckos, the majority of what's left is cutscene. Um, we see the big ride and reveal with the trench coat, uh, the katana, taking down the geckos, uh, Raiden versus Vamp 2. So we can, I don't know how much there is to say on all this sequence, but we can talk about it pretty free range if you guys want. My my initial thought was okay this game's just an anime <laughs> at this point i'm like everything is very exaggerated and we're getting like all these big like bombastic things and i'm like i'm i'm in for it i, I think it's i think it's cool mm-hmm. even though like like i think divorced from all the criticisms we were talking about with Ryden, i do think this action scene is is really cool but i also think it's ridiculous because they're just sort of beating the shit out of each other mm-hmm. um but I it's cool i think it's cool i i i loved like there was like a little line that I think I think Ryan says it or maybe Snake says it like I forgot, but it's like it's like, oh right, yeah, like this is a rematch, you know, like 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 these two kind of were you know, like they were definitely opposing forces in Metal Gear uh in you know in um MGS two. So I just I just like the way that they just went all out with it. Um I know, you know, we've we've questioned. Oh, does it make sense for Ryan to be this side But like, hey, he picked up a fucking sword with his foot, like, and, and and like swung that bitch. Like, it was dope. It was dope. Yeah. Every time you guys said you wanted more ramp and Ryan and Metal Gear Solid Two, here you go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and hey, you know, I know there's plenty of reasons why it's not the best, <laughs> but. I'm eating it up. I fucking loved it. I loved this. I uh, loved it a lot. Yeah, I yeah. definitely. I love it too. Like, like I said earlier, like Ryan might be my favorite character in this whole series, and I'm taking this as part of that. You know, like I'm not being picky and choosy about which version of Ryan is the one I love the most, but like, it's Ouch. all. I'm not saying you are. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying. I'm I was saying like, that damn, yo. I'm not saying you are. I just mean like I I think that this stuff is awesome, and I think old Raiden in that game is awesome too. But I do have issues with the character leap, um, like pretty majorly. <laughs> but self-contained in this game, it is cool. It's cool seeing him do this. Uh, the way it's presented, the cutscene is it's really fun, and I, um, yeah, seeing him face off against Vamp again is uh very very cool. But did did he need to break dance? Did you guys need it? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I did. Understood. I did. No, he didn't. He yeah. Guy, guys. No, guys. Exactly. He swung two geckos in a circle. Was that effective? Was that, that was amazing? Go? I don't care. <laughs> Listen, this is just doubling down on my like guys. Look, Metal Gear Solid is just almost stupid. Like I will. St- it's almost stupid. Right here. Okay, maybe it has a little bit more than one. Not cross the line. Over. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is pretty much crossing the line, but like, I fucking loved it. Because I, 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 I loved it. With every single spin, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, Jack when he was like, when he said that in MGS3, you walked away from the screen and Ocelot was like still twirling his guns. Like, I, it definitely reminded me of what you said about that here because I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, but it, it's, it's yeah. still fun, but. Yeah, very different. <laughs> I think it's one of those instances of Kojima's like, well, I like have all of I have this technology at my disposal to like tell a movie at this point because that's what I've always wanted to do. So you're gonna fucking get it. <laughs> it's gonna be insane, and it is. It's bonkers. It's bonkers insane. This cutscene, as much as I loved it, I was like, this is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. Um, but at the end of it, I think, I think we, I think it's. Like again, divorced from like what what's actually going on with Raiden's character, I think it's a very cool reveal of yeah. seeing him up on the top with the obviously it's very cliche. You have like the the, the exaggerated big overcoat that he flings off, mm-hmm. um, similar to what Snake does, I guess, at the beginning of this game. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It's great. I love Raiden too. I think he, I'm with you, Christian. He's probably my favorite. And me personally, I like the direction um, of the character and what we see him as now i'm hoping we get more information about why we see him i actually kind of remember that we might not but yeah. who knows um I, I don't know the scene the scene hit me uh in a good way but at the same time i was like this is ridiculous actually the like cult thing reminded me oh wait maybe this is what you were talking about like the intro in mgs2 for snake oh yeah that's a good point that's what i, I thought was, okay i yeah. was talking about i i guess i was talking about the the intro to mgs4 where that flies off um eventually oh but, right oh okay but yeah, that's obviously a reference too. to what you were talking about too yeah i mean i think both are valid right like i mean yeah yeah i think both are calling back to the mgs2 intro for sure yeah totally yeah omar what do you think of uh this ride and set piece here with champ <laughs> do you like the cyborg or no that's what i'm curious about because I, I understand your hesitation on like his character arc because i'm with you there but do you like the cyborg or no I honestly don't. I really don't. But um, I think we can get into that later. Sure. Maybe. But it it, it just... Because the thing is... It really just is. Yeah. I I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no. I think I remember the reasoning behind it. And I love the reasoning, if I'm remembering correctly. For why he's this way? Yes. Honestly, for right now, I really can't remember where it is. So I can't either. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but to me, it does feel pretty unnecessary. And we've talked about this, but for me, like a, a backtrack on the way he was. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the action directing of the scene, I also feel like it's a little like, all right, the breakdancing scene. Yeah. Like the camera is just stationary there and you watch them breakdance yeah. for a while. And stuff like that. It feels a little bit more awkward than I feel like the best action scenes in this game have been. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's kind of it, it it's cool i'm a, i'm upset but it's cool if that makes sense because i mean i uh, i think if what i'm remembering like the reasoning behind it i think you can still get to that point and not have ryan turn into an abusive guy that abandoned his wife you know like i think you can absolutely still get to this point if again i'm remembering correctly um but yeah the path we take to get to here is what my issue is but the fact that we are here i really enjoy it it's fun i think but mm-hmm. i i personally I, I 
I kind of have looked at the series in a way from like I I do when you were talking about picky and choosing, <laughs> I I kind of do consider like Metal Gear Solid 2 to be the end point for me and then everything else is just kind of gravy. Mm-hmm. So on a level, I kind of just enjoy this for being what it is. Yeah. But definitely in the greater lore context of it, I do get a little upset. Mm-hmm. But that's really it. Uh, I don't mean to be a downer or I'm glad you're all enjoying it. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. it too. It, and no. I, I love being on this podcast and being here with you all. And I don't want to be a dissenter, but <laughs> that's it. No, no. Like I think everything you're saying is valid and I appreciate that we have this here on this panel, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I, I feel like for the most part, we've, we've all pretty much, especially in Metal Gear Solid 3, we've all kind of agreed. So it is good having yeah. uh, different yeah, I like opinions it. because I, like I, like I know, it. I know this game is, it's before this series i fa- i felt like this game was probably very polarizing to a lot of people and i think this podcast is probably reflecting that yeah yeah because i think also i don't even know if what you said omar is like being choosy about it either because like two ends in a way that you could leave off there right and I, it does feel like three being a prequel does feel like okay we didn't need this but it's here four is like in a distant future like it feels like it could be an alt timeline thing honestly like it does kind of and we'll see with other stuff like i don't think we ever needed any more after two you know because like i don't know how much we gain narratively or like saying something beyond that but it does seem like everything afterwards is like hey we had an idea uh let's make it a metal gear and uh you know maybe build on what it means to be a metal gear but i don't think it's being picky and choosy to think that like two was the peak of what this series stood for originally and everything after the fact is just like i like some of it i don't like some of it uh i think that's completely valid and fair because i'm that way with some of it too and i like similar to uh star wars the dark knight i love those first two for begins in dark knight love episode seven episode eight but third one nope i'm good i want i don't watch them again unless i'm doing a whole full-blown thing so i i think there's nothing picky and choosy about just being like hey after we're after this point it became something else and i like some of it i don't like some of it i think that's completely fine can't, I think Jack compared this movie to something. This came to a movie last week. And I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Force a Awakens. Force Awakens. Yes, yeah, uh, which is cool. Force Awakens. Uh, I feel like this game is a lot like The Dark Knight Rises, to be honest, with the uh, with how definitive and conclusive it feels like in a lot of ways, and uh, trying to wrap up ties and also like the scale of it. Remember, Dark Knight Rises gets on a stupid scale. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, uh, movies. <laughs> I like it too, but it's got issues, I think, right? Or, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, this game kind of feels like that too. And I enjoyed those first two Batmans uh, in a different way than I enjoyed the third one, but I still enjoy it. And that's kind of the same way I feel about this game mm-hmm. in regards to the first two, if that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, it, I feel like that's a really good um, comparison because there's a lot of points in like both of those examples where... It, you kind of have to turn your brain off because if you think about it for too long, it either doesn't make sense or it, it like is way too com- convoluted and like it, it can't be explained. Um, but the ride is great. And I don't want to say it too early because I don't know if it's necessarily how I feel yet, but I feel like 
Metal Gear Solid 4 is like a really great ride, and that's the best part about it. And it's like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I love the game. But I feel like Look, it, at some points it is a ride, and that's sure. that's sort of what it is. Definitely. I know there's five acts, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in the back too. Am I about to say? About to, there's no way this game is bad. <laughs> there's, 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 I, I just don't. And I mean, I had chat, and a lot of people told me that Kev, like, you have no idea. It gets better. I don't know how it gets. Like, I don't know how much better it could possibly get. Like, I, I walked away from this act. Cloud nine. Like, I am, yo, I'm riding picked up a sword with his foot. Like, I know it's stupid, but like, I just love it. I am I'm I'm really excited to see where we uh go from here, you know. And I do have a theory. Okay. I do have a theory. So, you know, we're talking a lot about fan service, right? You know. Uh for 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 better or for worse, right? We've 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 we 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 have we have gotten a lot. Do we go back to Shadow Moses? And that's all I'm gonna say. That's it. I I'm calling this the ultimate fan service theory. You know, where is that even coming from? <laughs> the I, the forty data. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, like uh, that, but like not 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 even that because like I mean like it's not like they haven't brought up Shadow Moses since yeah, MGS one. Like it gets brought up a lot, so it's not like that's does. the indicator. Because that but, also was like just a verification to be like, hey, this is actually me, Naomi, because I knew the, the layout of that. I took it as like a confirmation. Yeah. You can trust that this is actually Naomi because she would know. That's, this that's what that. Would. Yeah. This this theory is half like a wish slash. Okay. I, uh, but then it's like, uh, do do I actually want to go back to Shadow Moses? But then it's like it got bombed. So like, is it really even there anymore? You know, there is that aspect of it. So, I don't know. I just wonder if we ever go back to Shadow Moses. But, like, I feel like, even though I haven't looked a lot in the Metal Gear, I feel like I would have probably, at some point in my life, stumbled upon the process of, like, oh, yeah, like, there was Shadow Moses in Metal Gear Solid 4. Right? Maybe not. But I feel like that would have been more likely something that I would have stumbled upon. Or maybe I have, and I just don't know it. You know? Well, on the subject of fan service, Kevin, is that something you said as a wish? Is that something you want to do in this game? Like, is that? I mean, if if like there's like a good reason, I guess. But like, I could see it being like so fan servicey, where like even for me, it's like, eh, like I don't know, you probably should have done this, you know? Sure. Um, like, I I could definitely see that um, for sure. But yeah, like I wouldn't say I necessarily want it. But I think it would be cool if they did it, if they if they really paid it off and really, you know, connect the dots as to how this makes sense, you know. So if you want to uh, explore Shadow Moses in a three D environment, you should check out the Twin Snakes. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I feel Game's that. Got some stuff. Yeah, I feel that. Well, yeah. it seems like we're winding down. There's one last thing that we didn't touch yes. on that was brought up here. Um. This was originally brought up with Raiden talking about um, Sonny. He said Sonny was being held by the Patriots by, I forget the, the first name he says, but then Snake says Big Mama because 
I, I guess it's a translation. So I forget the first name too, but it was so good. It was so good. Uh, so Big Mama, an agent of the Patriots, had Sonny. Big Mama wanted the remains of Big Boss. So Raiden went to get the remains of Big Boss to do an exchange to get Sonny, Olga's kid. Because Olga in her dying moments in two was like, please save my child to Raiden. So he was like, he asked Snake to help with it at the end of two, but like that was sort of his next objective if he had an objective. Olga in her dying moments to protect Raiden did everything. It's like, hey, they're monitoring you. Like, it's all tied to you. Uh, the Patriots are keeping track of your life if you're alive and all that stuff. So, like, please, you're my only hope in my last moments. Please save my daughter or child or whatever. Um, so confirmed he did that and i guess he handed her off to to snake and otacon um but at the end of the chapter we also get a couple teases specifically one we get over the phone between i believe vamp and uh ocelot saying uh we tried (laughs) his data we tried his code something like that uh we don't have the full thing we need the original so think on that and then at the very end we also get another big mama drop <laughs> with uh raiden seizing in the helicopter saying snake go to europe find big mama and that's what we leave off with for this chapter we have two little threads we got we need the original that is vamp's directive we need Big Mama. That is Snake's directive. Big Thoughts? Mama in Europe, he says. Thank you. There's uh, one more tidbit, I think, during that vamp call, mm-hmm. where I think it's after... I'm not sure when it is, but I think he says something like, yes, it's all going according to plan, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is that Naomi is a wanted to go along with this? Is like she... Uh, a plant what's going on a lot of questions kevin that you're thinking we need the original but why would vamp say that well i think um, ocelot said that maybe and then vamp was responding to it perhaps are you guiding me christian or are you trying to well no i, I guess mean, he I was on the phone with ocelot because he called him boss like he's that's who he's i mean yes for. so we tried his code we don't have the full thing I need the original. I need the Don't know original. what he's talking about. Don't know who Big Mama is. I need the original. The original liquid body still at Shadow Moses? Question mark? Huh? Well, no. Liquid's body was uh, buried, I thought. Uh, yeah, but... Oh, wait, no. Uh, it was unearthed because it... they had to get the arm right so i assume it's, it's held by someone yeah 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 so it's 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 somewhere out there for sure um the original huh the original. what was Fryden doing it with big mama or wait oh wait no maybe they're both going after the same thing maybe they're both going after big boss okay. right because i mean snake is a clone liquid's a clone of big boss Maybe that's what he meant by original, right? 
the original being Big Boss. Body. Body of Big Boss. Because hmm. I, I believe yeah. uh, if we're going off of Ryan's call, he made that trade, so Big Mama potentially has the remains of Big Boss. But... I wish these characters weren't called Big Boss and Big Mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's Big Mama? Is the boss still alive? Is she the Big Mama? She was the mother of everybody in uh, Cobra, basically. Big Mama. She was the mother of uh, Ocelot as a child. Big Mama. Big Mama. Hmm. I thought of Fat Princess whenever they said Big Mama. <laughs> that was a funny image in my mind. But, uh, huh. Big Mama. I'm very intrigued. Very, very intrigued. Many, many, many things to discuss. Hmm. Uh, for the record, I completely do not remember who Big Mama is. I forgot that that was a name, a character. I forgot completely all about that. I don't know how Omar or Jack feels or if they remember what we're going to next. But, uh, yeah. I don't I remember don't shit. Remember pretty much uh, anything about our next step i actually remember this act like surprisingly well compared to the others two or act three, three or two. act two act three okay act three okay okay like i definitely remember four and like the ending but i don't know if i remember three people on twitter are telling me act four and act five like people are going to pull up to the stream to watch me i guess do act four mm -hmm. and act five i guess those are wild i guess but uh Huh, big, big mama, okay. Those okay. are all my notes for the week, so we can wrap up. We can do our final thoughts, predictions, and plugs if we would like to, unless there's anything else that we didn't touch on. Um, we'll do the normal rotation. Jack, let's hear it. Sure. Um, I think at a, the grand scale of Act 2, I really like how you as the player can sort of manipulate all the ai characters on screen and again i feel like it was just a really great showcase of how mgs evolved from ps2 to ps3 and i think this is a super fun uh section there's a lot of convoluted storytelling and i think i've come to the conclusion that saving your big twist at the end in every metal gear game is not a good way of telling and conveying your story and there's so many points throughout the metal gear games where the script is straight up just like contradicting itself every every time it says something and that's kind of annoying to me at certain points and uh bringing stuff up in like the slideshow presentations like what omar said can be a little frustrating uh but overall by the end of this i, I loved the ride and scene uh coming back and um i'm excited to i mean it seems like they, they mentioned europe so i really like how this is a like I said earlier, this is like a globetrotting adventure, and I really like just going around to different places and not being in the same situation, and I feel like it makes the game a little bit more fresh and uh, more memorable, too. So, um, yeah, uh, like last week, I just want to jump in, and I probably will after this recording, because I love this game. Uh, but you could follow me on Twitter, at FascinatedJack. Christian and I have a Marvel's Avengers podcast, and we also talk about the MCU. It's called Excelsior. You can find it on youtube.com slash joyclicks or on podcast services of your choice. Very nice. Uh, Omar, hit us with final yeah. thoughts, or maybe not predictions, but you know. And, uh, no, I'll predict all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah. 
I think what Jack said uh, about this game being a ride, it sure is such a great ride in terms of like the pacing is relentless. <laughs> I, I really do enjoy sitting down in front of it every week, even if I had some things to say about uh, Raiden. Uh, otherwise, the game's fantastic to me. Uh, what was I? Yeah, plugging. I got a Twitch channel still, Ohm's a Chef on Twitch. I'm still playing Resident Evil 4. I might finish that, though. And then, I don't know, Oscar special on Sunday. Who knows? Ooh. No, this goes up after that, though. Never mind. Uh, just check it out whenever you can, <laughs> please. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, to reiterate, like, Jack kind of nailed the idea of it being a ride. Um, I'm on board with it. I have issues with how we got here, like, pretty majorly <laughs> with a lot of the transitions between characters and state of the world and all that stuff, kind of just diving into it, but... Um, I, I think in a weird way this game is sort of acting like the final act of a Metal Gear typically where like it's all explained in the last act of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 here it's like I feel like that's the entire game where they're constantly just trying to explain things of how things work and it, without even setting up how we got to that point it's just like oh so this is how this works it's like but why 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 are we like this now uh, that being said, I still am loving it. Um, I love Raiden. Uh, I'm very excited to see what's up with him in the coming weeks. Um, if my memory is serving, and I hope it does, because it's a really cool reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just excited to see what's next. Because I actually, since I said that, I do remember one thing I think about Act 3. And it's every time I think of Metal Gear Solid 4, it is the one image I think of, I think for some weird reason that just stuck with me but uh yeah and you can follow me on twitter twitch tiktok at chanty d2 as well as here youtube.com slash joey clicks for this podcast all of our other ones games cast excelsior like jack said jedi nice and uh yeah kevin let's hear it um i said i was mad that act one ended right because like, i i just wanted to play more I was legitimately mad when Act Two ended. Like I want, you know, I just want more of this game. I am loving this game. I think this game is great. Um, again, I don't think I'll ever understand the Metal Gear fan base. I don't understand y'all that like MGS Three over all of them. It just does not compute. You know, I can see MGS One and Two over Four totally, totally see that one hundred percent. But I think this 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 game's highs so far have like matched for me the highs of like MGS one and two for sure. You know, like I I definitely think they're in the same bar, they're in the same conversation. Um, so far at least, you know, Act two, we'll see what happens. Um, I think expectations. Um, I kind of hope that we get to do a more indoor type thing um in terms of like hey like we're like in a facility uh you know we're in this like sandbox environment you know go at it like you will you know um i hope we get some of that as well and like more of like a classic feel of mgs even though like like shockingly like this game is still doing that when you're in the midst of the like the middle of a battlefield i think it's super cool in that vein that like it's not like it's not here i wish that we get just like a indoor setting just like to really do it you know um but uh i'm interested to see now we have numbers on the clock with snake 
is he really going to end up dying here in this game? I'm I'm intrigued by that. Then it raises questions of like, all right, I mean, now it's like, okay, I know that they're not of like we have a big boss established with MGS3, right? So like now it's like, okay, they could go back and do that. Like, is that what MGS5 is? We'll see. But um, I am I am liking so far like where we're at with this game. Cannot wait to see more. Uh, I can't wait to play more. Um, those are being streamed Wednesdays. YouTube.com says PlayStation Source. Uh, Metal Gear Wednesdays. If I get intel from the panel that it's a longer act, we'll do Tuesday, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll kind of split that up. Hopefully, in in ways that will make sense. Um, but uh, but yeah. So you can check out those. Um, I think I'm putting resistance on hiatus. I want to start resistance too. I think I'm just gonna shelve that for a little bit. Um, because we got Returnal coming up again. I expect a lot of Returnal coverage on the channel. Definitely looking forward to that game. It's getting some good previews. You love to see it. We'll see how I think about it when I play the game. Uh, definitely, of course, catch those thoughts on Gamescast, I'm assuming, here on JoyClicks and SaveSlot Podcast as well on views.com, uh, says and Source, as well as some interesting developments with Road to Rift Apart. There could be some really big things happening on that show, so very, very excited for that. Extremely excited for that. We'll, we'll see what happens with that whole thing, but definitely look look a little bit more at Road to Rift Apart because you might see some really cool stuff on Road to Rift Apart. Um or than that, yep, we we uh, still got videos going up on the channel, Twitter at PS Source Vids, all that good stuff. Yep, very nice. Well, uh, that is going to do it for this week. Next week we we will be playing Act Three. I'm looking at a guide at the moment. Looks pretty brief. So we might yeah, Act Three is the shortest one, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's short. Yeah, but Four is also kind of long, so it's probably a bad idea com- to combine them. So yeah. We will tackle Act 3 next week for the next episode. But uh, until then, uh, the Akiba's MIA, but we're going to end on a fart once again. So who wants to do it this week? I got one locked and loaded. I'm sorry, that was crass. Uh, (laughs) uh, Please do. Do we have to end on a fart? Is there something else we can do? We can do something else. How about the Lale Lule? You know what I'm saying? And just leave off the low. Um, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to go off my boy Drebin and just say Lale Lule from here on out. I'm not going to say the low, you know? That's the best part. It's like a dessert once you yeah, get to you the end. You get to hit that low. <laughs> Lale Lule. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anybody? You want to do a snake? I got uh, the big mama. Big, big mama. mama. Big mama. Big mama. Big mama. Jackie got his one. Just mama. Just mama. Damn.